0: Throughout the season, it all changes, you know, from early season to mid-season to late season, but been using Cryptic and, oh gosh, I could go into dozens of different pieces that I use throughout the season, but their company, like a lot of the other hunting clothing companies out there, they have anything for you that you need, whether it's early season, mid or late, but using their products and layering as the seasons go on, but still, Keeping the agility that I need without bulking up has always been nice. Still love using their Helios pants, uh, the Kronos half-zip hoodie, and their uh, Cadog vest um, has always been some of my go-tos. They seem like they go on every hunt with me.
1: The RockCast is powered by Onyx Hunt, and for good reason. Onyx Hunt is the number one hunting GPS app in the industry. Stay tuned for a RockCast promo code. Hello,
2: everybody, and welcome back to the RockCast. I'm Sam Weaver, and lucky enough to be hosting the 2023 Favorite Gear episode. None of us can test every piece of gear, and when I have gear questioned, these are the guys I call... This past year, I estimated the staff's combined field days surpassed 365 days. That means I've edited a year's worth of gear testing into this episode. With 25 mini interviews, this can be a long one, but worth listening to until the end. We have Robbie Denning, Kyle Virgin, Joe Witt, Zach Harold, Jordan Budd, Tony Cromley, Justin Crosley, John Skoneland, Howard Mee. Dave Cameron, Matt Cashel, Glenn Mullis, Jim Carr, Randy Gurky, Mike Moore, Josh Boyd, Jared Bloomgren, Les Welch, Ross Russell, Tony Treach, and Ryan and Tanya Avery, all given their favorite gear picks of 2023. Some staffers only had a couple pieces, and some go to mention five or six. Most of these interviews are five minutes, some are seven or eight, a few are ten. So let's kick this Hornet's Nest off with the man himself, Robbie Denning. And then we'll just head down the list. Welcome
1: to the show, Robbie. Hey, Sam, the man. Thanks for having me on.
2: All right. What's some of your
1: favorite gear of 2023? 2023. I had a hunt planned and I was going to get there before my hunt partner, Travis Hobbs. And I did not want to wrestle with a wall tent by myself. I love wall tents. I've spent so much time in them. The usable space in a wall tent is really good. But it, you know, if you're getting up to a, a 10 by 12, 12 by 14 and setting it up alone is not fun. So I reached out to one of our advertisers, Mansfield Outdoors. I had ran their T.P. style tents before. I had ran their nine-man back in 2017, and uh, they were offering a 15-man, which is a, probably a little bit overkill for two guys, but it actually was nice to have all the room. So they sent it to me, and I arrived like four days before Travis showed up. I had that tent up in 10 minutes. Uh, by myself. That is one of the, the strong points of a TP tent. Just that single pole in the middle, and you lift the tent. Um, it's called the Sapphire Flex 15. And uh, the, the other cool thing about TP tents uh, compared to wall tents is their steep sidewalls. They're so steep that they slide snow off and, and, it, and, and rain. There's nowhere for it to catch and puddle like there is on the the shallower pitch on a wall tent, especially where it comes up to the wall. And sometimes there's just, if you don't get the tent just right, um, or you do get it just right and then over a couple days your tent sags a little bit You can end up with a few places where water can collect and drip and that does not happen with the TP. It just slides off uh, So you don't have to cover them with a tarp is what i'm getting at So one other reason they're easy for one guy to set up uh, the flex 15 what that means a 15 man uh, The flex means you can also turn it into a canopy now You would never do that during hunting season, but think of like, you know A rendezvous where you go and they have these big canopies set up these walk-in canopies 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 that you can walk under, get out of the sun, get out of the rain, whatever, it can do that. (laughs) And then their thing too, even when it's not in the in the flex configuration, it's just in the normal TP configuration, this is mind-blowing. You can build a fire in them on the floor. So if you didn't want to hassle with the tent, maybe you're hunting, you know, September, early October, sometimes you need a fire, sometimes you don't. You can uh, just put a rock ring on the floor and there is a cap on top of the teepee that you operate with draw cords and you can raise the cap and it turns it into a chimney. You know, think Native Americans. And, and it works, it works, it drafts really well. Uh, the, the, the trick is using dry wood, but you need to do that with everything, and uh, you can have a fire right there. So, uh, so that was my pick for tents. Uh, let's see, you got any questions on that, Sam?
2: I remember reading the review, and one of the things I think Travis pointed out was how quickly it dried your clothes. Um, just the teepee shape, building all the heat up in the center when you hung your stuff up, uh, they dried amazingly quick.
1: Oh, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. A cone heats more efficiently than a rectangle, and so. They heat very evenly with that cone. And the way that the the Sapphire Flex works is it's got uh, a drying rack. Just think of a ring that hangs up towards the top of the tent. I had to stand on a little stool to hook it up there. And then you could just hang your clothes over it. Well, you know, you get seven or eight feet up in the air in a a teepee and all that heat is being funneled into that small area. I've stuck thermometers up in the top of teepees before when I have like a good fire going and it's like a hundred degrees up there, literally a hundred degrees up in that cone. And uh, so, you know, my clothes weren't quite up in the cone, but you know, seven or eight feet high in there allows you to dry out uh, more efficiently than say a wall tent. A wall tent, they, they don't heat very evenly. You've usually got your stove at one. End and you know you you're, you gather around the stove to get warm and then you go to the back of the tent and it's kind of cold. A TP heats much more evenly. Sounds pretty impressive. What else did you like? Okay, the other thing was I'm trying to test optics every year. The first CTC and ATC Swarovski compact scopes that came out. We, we sent it to Matt Cashel. He's got a full review um, on our homepage, but he T told me right after he got them they're pretty awesome. And so I got one. Mine never showed up until I think early August this year. ATC that means angled. Uh, um, compact spotter. And uh, it's, it doesn't have a, a removable eyepiece. It's just a straight straight eyepiece, but 17 to 40 power. And you would kind of expect a lower power in a uh, compact spotter, but you don't really think of that as an advantage. I'll tell you what, it is so nice to be able to go down to 17 power because... Think big field of view, and so the field of view on these ATCs and CTC—that means the the, the straight one—the um, field of view is really good on them. I don't have the specs in front of me; you can go read Matt's review. Uh, but the field of view is really good. But when you go down to 17 power, it's amazingly good. And Sam, you can you can hand hold them. You know how sometimes you know you're looking across the canyon and an animal steps out in a little opening, and you're rushing to try to get your spotter set up. And even if you got a quick release and everything, you know sometimes you miss them. Where the ATC you can just push your elbows against your ribs and push the eyepiece against your eye, and it, it's stable enough that you can you can look at game. It, it's amazing. It's an amazing feature. I've never really been able to do with with any other spotter, and it's particularly easy with the angled spotting scope because you can can put the angled part of the barrel you know, in between your thumb and your index finger, and the, like I said. Put your elbows against your ribs, and it's amazingly, it's not tripod stable, but it's amazingly stable. So that's one of the big advantages. But also, with the wide field of view all the way up to 40, it's a great digi scoping. Uh, spotter. I was just amazed at just the field of view, the field, the eye relief is, is so good that it it just makes a good digiscoping experience. And that was both what both Matt and I found separately um, that, that, man, it, they digiscope really nice. And I was running the mag view on it. Uh, that's all I tested it with. Um, Yeah. Great digiscoping experience. So uh, I don't have the the specs in front of me, but let's just say that the 65 Swaro, those class, you know, they're all in the 45 to 50 ounce range. This is lower I can't remember, like in the 30s, I would say. A light spotting scope, very light spotting scope. Sam, I, I have the Warofsky, the 65, and I'm getting all my ATCs and CTCs mixed up here, but n- not the ATX, but the ATS. Okay, the, a- the ATS, the one that SNS did the review on last year, and they they kind of gave it first place, and everybody's just surprised at how good it is, even though Swarovski says that they have not improved it over the, the 65s of like 10 years ago. I think they have, and uh, that's a good scope. And that's what I was using up until I got this ATC. Sam, I never put the 65 ATS even in my pack this year after using the ATC. I don't want to say the ATC is as good. De- definitely having that 65 uh, diameter gives you more light. And depending on the eyepiece, you know, I had the 25 to 50 and I have the 20 to 60. So you can go higher up in power. But I- I'll tell you what, it was a good trade off just to be able to go to 40 and have such a compact spotting scope that I never even worried about leaving behind. You know, sometimes you you get a little lazy like oh, maybe I won't take the spot and scope tonight and then you regret it and uh, I, that never happened with this so so definitely happy on that I'm still an angled guy but after hunting with Travis he's bringing me back around to the straights again because of the um, I like angled because on a compact tripod it adds a couple inches to your tripod but you know we glass a lot from the truck too and a lot of uncertain hunts and so uh, a window mount and an angle it's really hard to be high enough in the seat to do that and so that's where a straight spot is good and then also when you're looking through binoculars on your tripod and then you switch over to an angled uh spotter you have to drop the column on the tripod well that wastes precious seconds so you may see me with a straight uh squaro ctc next year um but either way i'm staying with the compact platform
2: lightweight is a conversation but just the real estate of these small compact gops just uh just being smaller and being where you can just shove them in your pack wherever is a big deal when you're just popping around on in day mode
1: mm-hmm glad you say that too, because you're right. It's not just about the weight. It's about the compactness of it. And I have, I can't remember if it was my, my Sitka pants that have the side pocket or my, um, first lights. I think it was my first lights. Dude. Now I wouldn't recommend climbing a mountain with it, but it will fit in my side pocket for sh- a short hike, you know, and you kind of got to be careful. You know, you could, you could, you could make it fall out if you were rough, but they're that comp that you, that you can do that. Like I said, if you're in day mode.
2: Yeah, I'm kind of scared to check it out. I can't really uh, afford a new spotter, so uh, I'll just have to take your word for it.
1: Don't do it, buddy. Don't if you don't, if you don't have the money, man. Don't go look through one.
2: What else uh happened during 2023? Anything else you want to touch on?
1: Dude, I did have a fail. Um I have been uh reviewing a lot of trail cameras over the years. I wouldn't say I'm like the greatest guy to to do trail cameras. I don't run a bunch of trail cameras, but I know what I like. And um, to my knowledge, I was running a a cellular camera on Rockslide before they were getting reviewed out there back in 2018. And part of it is there's just not a lot of of places you can use a cellular camera in the West, but there are some. And uh, so I had gone to the Moultrie Edge uh, a couple of years ago, I think when they came out in 2022 and really liked them and uh, found a couple of places that they worked. I ran one for almost a year straight and uh, it was a great camera. But I did have another one that I only ran for about six months, and it died. Um, it died in uh, July this year, and I had just put it out in the winter. And so that was my fail. But I guess the good thing about it, you know, they warrantied it. They took care of me. It was just, it just had to wait on the camera to arrive. They sent me another Edge. Then they released their Edge Pro cellular camera. And the Edge Pro, I, I don't even think I put the warranted camera back out yet. Because when I got the Pro, some of the cool things about the Pro was it's got what's called FTE technology, which is uh, false trigger elimination. So it's reducing the amount of pictures that you have to sort through. And the way it's doing it is there's what's called smart capture, and it's using artificial intelligence when the camera fires. So some cameras of the past, I mean, I think that the Edge had it in it, the old one that I told you that failed. It would take a picture of everything, but then you could set the filters to only show you bucks. You don't have to look at does, you don't have to look at birds, you you know, it'll filter that stuff out, but you it still takes the picture and transmits it over the cellular network, so you're using battery power, all right. But with the Edge Pro, it never takes the picture if you're following me here, so if it doesn't detect a buck, it, it never takes the picture. Now, I know there's some guys that are out looking for Bigfoot that are going to be really bummed. Because it's not going to take a picture of Bigfoot because he's not in the filters. Uh, maybe they'll change that for next year. But at least you're not get you're not even losing the battery power of it taking a picture of a doe or a bird or a bear or you know anything you don't care about. It's not it's not wasting the battery to send that picture because if, if you ever do cellular cameras, that's the big battery drain is not so much taking the picture as it is sending the picture. So they fix that. And then the other cool thing is they have, I mean it's called smart zones. And so you know how it is, no matter how, how well you set up a camera, sometimes you you have a, like a branch in it that it was fine when you set it up, but then maybe the snow pushed it down or the wind's blowing it and it's taken all of these pictures. And it allows you to, even after you've set it up and you're back home, if you're like this branch is causing me problems here, it's giving me false triggers, you can grid out a zone in the image area so that it will ignore the branch that's the best way i can explain it and so it 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 reduces triggers and um, and then the third thing that it has is you know how when you're setting up your trail camera you're trying to point it and you know you don't you like you can put your cell phone on the front of the camera and take a picture to get an idea of what your view is going to be but you know your lenses are still different you don't get the exact view Um, they have what do they call it they call uh they call it live aim you can put your camera on the tree and you can bluetooth it to your phone and turn the camera on and move it in real time so that you can get the perfect view you know maybe you're trying to catch a water hole or a trail at a certain angle and so you can look at it on your phone in real time and dude it works i mean like i tried it i'm like this, this works and you know that might seem like a small thing but there's been so many times i've set up cameras and then whether cellular or just regular sd cards And dude, then I, you know, I get all the pictures back, and I'm like, well, geez, there's I'm looking at a lot of sky in this picture, or man, I'm looking, you know, too much foreground in the picture. It just makes your pictures better, is what it does. So a fail led to a success, I guess, is what I'm what I'm trying to say. I I don't even think I put that edge out. I just went with the Edge Pro.
2: Yeah, that thing has a lot of amazing features, uh, pretty impressive. And I agree with you, you know, aiming that thing can be super challenging if it's on the tree and the tree's leaning one back too much or forward too much, Uh, you might not even notice, but then you get your picture and point down at the ground. That can be super frustrating.
1: Yeah, 9,000 images later, you learn your lesson.
2: I'm going to have to check that out. It's pretty impressive to only... Take a picture of a buck, you know, that's one of the things that can be super frustrating, especially back east, looking at a food plot or something, just sorting through the 3,000 does it's taking a picture of. Mm -hmm.
1: Yep. No, it it will filter it out. And, you know, this is a cellular camera. I honestly have not, you know, Moultrie's an advertiser with Rockslide, but these are the only ones I've ran. I, I would imagine that technology is probably available in their standard cameras, or you can just use the Pro as a standard camera and not have it transmit the images. You know, Because if it ever loses cellular connections, it just it just saves the image on the camera itself. And, and for people that don't know, there's no SD cards anymore. On these cellular cameras, there's no SD cards. People can steal your camera, but they can't steal your images. It's, it's a game changer. It sucks to get your camera stolen, but it sucks just as bad to get all your images stolen and you didn't even get to see them. Or at least with a cellular camera, you're, 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 they're on your phone. They're not on the camera once it transmits them. And if they're on the camera and they steal it, they, they can't get them off. They cannot get them out of the hard drive on the camera because they don't have your passwords or anything like that.
2: Technology sure came a long way.
1: Yep, you got
2: it. How about a favorite meal or snack for this year, uh, excluding the oh, chicken guts? <laughs>
1: dude, Okay, the, ch- no, the chicken guts, man. Now, we, I'll tell you what, man. I'm getting, getting beat up over chicken guts, man. Chicken guts, that's some fine eating. But since we've already covered that on another episode, dude, my wife's old granola recipe, and I don't even know if it really qualifies as granola because it doesn't have any oats in it, but You take a bag of semi-sweet chocolate chips, just the standard bag that you make chocolate chip cookies with. And then you get the Dole, D-O-L-E, chopped dates. Not the whole dates. The chopped dates are like little squares, and they look like they've been dipped in sugar a little bit. And then one bag of those, just the standard bag that's like eight inches tall, you know, four inches wide. And then honey roasted peanuts, just the standard bottle of honey roasted peanuts. You pour them in a bowl and you mix it all up. You take a bite of it. You'll be lucky to get it in all the bags because it is so good. It's got the perfect salty sweet, you know, because of the peanuts and the chocolate. Dude, I have been making those for years and I just put them in little snack bags and that entire recipe that I just gave you, it will make about, about nine to 10 days of hunting. It, I just put them in the snack bags and um, I take them to camp with me and I just grab them. They're light, depends on how much you fill your bags up, but they're like six or 700 calories. It, they're a lot. You know, they're more than like a peanut butter sandwich. I mean, they're very filling. Everybody that I've let try it. It's it's really good. If you like the salty sweet kind of part of your tongue, that that's good eating there too.
2: Man, I'm going to have to round these ingredients up and give it a try any grocery store all right buddy i'm looking forward to uh your adventures in the 2024 season and can't wait to hear about it on the RockCast.
1: okay buddy thanks for having us on thanks for doing this uh too i can't wait to listen to it and see what everybody else's was you know we didn't direct this or anything we just told everybody turn your microphone on and tell us what you want so we'll see what the writers bring back to us
2: all right moving on we have kyle virgin slide mountain on rock slide joining us yeah how's it going man What do you got for your favorite gear of 2023?
3: So as a as a self-proclaimed down hater, um, it kind of surprises me to say this, but my favorite addition of my pack this year was actually a first light Brooks down sweater. Uh, one of the outfitters that I guide for gave me the jacket, and I just really never quit wearing it. Um, every time it was time to to pack up for the fall, I just kind of kept grabbing it. Really good warmth to weight ratio. It packs down really small, dries really fast. Uh, guided two different sheep hunts this fall in the Chugach and Alaska ranges, and I was never disappointed that I brought that.
2: It's like a mid-layer or outer, kind of like a puffy, or or how's that? So
3: they call it a sweater, but it is definitely more of a jacket. I would say it's a a mid-to-lightweight puffy would be the, probably the, the right place to put it.
2: Yeah, I'm going to have to check it out. Uh, you got any other gear you, you really like this year?
3: I actually I added a a new layer, for me anyways, uh, and that was the Stone Glacier Cirque Vest. Uh, I figured out that... I really like using it under my rain gear um, when you're when you're hiking a lot. You've got you know too much warmth being built up inside for say a full puffy. But if you open up your pit zips on your rain gear, um, you can wear that vest and it really sheds the heat really well. I didn't really sweat too awful bad with it that way. And then when you'd stop moving, it really did a good job of keeping your core uh, temperature up.
2: That's like a soft shell vest or. a
3: it is, yeah. So it's it's a soft shell vest. It would be just a short sleeve version of their Cirque jacket, which is their synthetic puffy.
2: All right, you got anything else? If I had a
3: an honorable mention, it would be the Alpine Hunter knife from BAC Knives. It's a bomber little skeleton knife from Bruce Culberson out of BC. Uh, did a great job on a sheep this fall without needing any touch up mid skinning.
2: What kind of steel is it? It is. Don't even
3: ask me what this means, but it's CPM M4 steel treated to 64 RC. So I I don't know what that I don't even know what that means, man. I'm not a
2: I'm not a blacksmith. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not that guy either. It either cuts or it doesn't.
3: Yeah. So when it showed up, I mean I could shave with the thing. I mean like literally could shave with it. I know a lot of guys will claim it's you know it's sticky sharper. I can shave with it. This one I actually could and I did an entire sheep. It wasn't a clean sheep either. I mean it wasn't like your pristine white Sheep up on a nice grassy slope. I mean, this thing took a little bit of a tumble. It was covered in silt. By the time I was through the Cape and done going around the horn bases and stuff, you know, typically when I deal with a sheep like that, I've gone through a couple of Havalon blades by then. And I actually was able to do the entire sheep, including getting the Cape popped off with, with just that knife. So I was, I was pretty impressed by that, actually.
2: You want to close out with uh, your favorite Miller or snack?
3: Sure. For trail food, my absolute favorite is Alpenfuel. I don't think you can really go wrong with any of the flavors, but Caramel Apple is mine and pretty much everyone else's favorite. Uh, calories per ounce are really hard to beat. You can eat them hot or cold. And I've never, ever felt like I ate a lead balloon after you know, eat an entire one in one sitting. I started actually taking them as my kind of emergency or my just in case, you know, let's say we're going to go out for the day and we end up getting something in the evening. It's really nice to be able to take it. I'll dunk the packet right into a stream, just add a little bit of water right there, and then I can eat it cold and you get between seven, about 700 or so calories, nice and quick.
2: Sounds amazing. Warm when it'd be cold out.
3: Yeah. That caramel apple on a cold day, yeah, I mean it's it's like hot apple pie. It's it's pretty amazing stuff.
2: All right, Kyle, I appreciate it, and uh, we'll see what you have for 2024 coming up. Awesome, thank them. Moving on, we caught up with Joe Witt after his 2023 season. Welcome to the show, Joe.
4: Well, thank you, I appreciate it.
2: All right, how'd your season uh, go down there in the south?
4: Well, my season went well, but it went well out west. I had an elk hunt in uh, Wyoming. I saw a boatload of elk. It was it was it was really cool. It was unusual. Apparently the uh, elk were still running in a uh, later rifle season, which I was told because of the harsh winter, but whatever it was, I was appreciative of it. I saw boatloads of elk. I saw them fighting, saw them slashing uh, trees, you know, playing in the water, probably saw 15, 18 bulls, no giants, but saw some and, uh, got one that I thought was a five by five and got up on it. It was, it was a four by four It's missing its thirds, but, uh, Shot him at 427 yards, which for us South Carolina boys is a mile away and uh, had a great time. Saw a bunch of elk, ate like a pig, did well. And since I've got that elk, I've been deer hunting back home here, but I'm not, um, haven't pulled the trigger yet since I've got quite a bit of meat in the freezer. But that Wyoming elk hunt was really cool. A lot of enjoyment on that.
2: That sounds like an awesome experience. So that was your first time out?
4: No, I've been out there before. I've, I've really only been in the rifle season. I've never got to see the elk behave like that, so that was a treat. There was one point in time where we were eyeballing 40-some-odd elk at one time, which I've never seen anything like that, so that was a real cool experience.
2: Man, sounds like it. I'm happy for you. Now that we moved into the end of 2023 here, you've you have any gear that stood out to you?
4: It might catch a lot of folks by surprise, but I've been using the Cabela's Instinct line. And uh, they don't have a ton of stuff, but what I've got are, they've got some three-quarter length Merino zip-off bottoms. They've got a, somewhat of a matching Merino base top, which I like a lot. I use that on my Elk Hunt. Along with that, they've got a, a good layering piece, a synthetic zip tee. I don't know the weight on it, but it's, it feels pretty good. They've, uh, something else I used was a Gore-Tex rain suit. I think it's Gore-Tex Barrier or Barrier Gore-Tex. It's really heavy duty. It's loud as crap, but I was a long way from the elk, so it probably wouldn't be good for stalking, bow hunting, that kind of thing, but it's super heavy duty. Worked well in the rain. I see a neck gaiter, um, a number of things. And, you know, Cabela, since being swallowed up by Bass Pro, has had a reputation for not having super high quality gear and i don't think they do but the instinct line does seem to be an exception to that i've been been real pleased with it and got some of the three-quarter length gloves or the fingerless wool gloves so i'm really happy with it
2: yeah thanks for that bringing that to our attention when they were owned by the two brothers i used to really enjoy cabela's signature lineup stuff and i'm sure oh, yeah. you know they still have a bunch of good stuff there so i'm glad you brought that to our attention anything else that really stood out to you for uh 2023
4: i tell you i um I've got the tracked, the 10 by 42 track, but I'll Track Torque, I believe they are real pleased with the performance of those. I actually didn't take, I was, a, it was a guided hunt. I didn't take my spotting scope. So I just used my binos. They worked great, good and low light, good clarity. And they had a track scope also, which again, I know form might hiss at me for saying this, but it did well, bounced around on a side-by-side going eight or 10 miles in each way. And like I say, when it come time to get one, I, I made a good shot at 427 yards and was ringing still at 500, which again, for me, it's, it's pretty good. You know, We don't have many, we don't have any hardly longer ranges out here to shoot at. So I was confident at 300, but my guy talked to me into stretching it out a little bit. And I'm glad he did.
2: Glad you had the confidence to follow through and, and make a great shot and put that exclamation on your Wyoming hunter.
4: It was great. A good, a good ending to it. You're exactly right. All right. Anything else you uh really found you like? The crispy Boots, I've got three pair. I usually wear the Wyomings, which are the uninsulated, lower-cut version. And honestly, my feet run hot, and I run hot. So I had those out west, out in Wyoming, and did well down to about freezing temps. I've got the Summits that I wear, sometimes hunting, sometimes casual wear. And then I believe they're the Idahos, which are the taller version. So been real pleased with the Crispy Boots. It's one of those things where, to me, the best compliment you can give to a boot or a backpack is the fact you forget you've got it on. And that's kind of the way it works with those Crispy they were very comfortable and uh Took my lazy butt all around the mountain, so I was pretty thrilled with that. Sure,
2: good boots make all the difference uh, when you're gaining and giving up elevation on those long stalks. No doubt about that. No question. Do you have
4: a favorite
2: snack or meal?
4: I do. A couple of them. Actually, I like the little honey stinger waffles, I think they're called. I've got a sweet tooth, and they satisfy that. But one of the things I like the best, which is a little odd maybe, is the smoked oysters. The smoked oysters in the can, they're a little heavy, and they're kind of stinky. So you got to be careful, obviously, keeping a clean camp. But I like the taste of them. It's something different. Got some uh, substance to it. I really like taking those when I can.
2: I eat a few uh, smoked oysters. I've never took them with me on a trip. All right, Joe, I appreciate you coming on there. Uh, We'll be keeping track of you throughout the 2024 season
4: and uh, seeing what you got going on next year. Sounds great. Thanks so much, Sam.
2: Moving on, we got Zach Harold with us. How was your 2023 season, Zach?
4: It was good. It's still going, but uh, in the
5: meantime, it was really great. I had some unforgettable memories with my boys and my dad, and I got to test out a lot of gear. Did you uh, have any favorites for 2023? Yeah, so um, I mentioned three, but I'm going to move up to four, maybe even possibly five. I apologize, Sam. But the three of them all work together. So as everybody knows, I did a head-to-head bow test. And for whatever reason, that Elite Omnia just, it shot well for me. It held well for me. Not that the others didn't. It just seemed to fit me the best out of the bows that I tested. I really enjoyed the CBE Trek. Pro version two sight that I had on that bow. And then to top that combination off, I shot tooth of the arrow broadheads this year. And I was very impressed with not only how well they fly and how strong they are, but the devastation they create once you hit an animal. Moving on to the next piece of gear that doesn't have to do with a bow. I really used the M7 set from Stone Glacier a ton. I found that those pants were just incredible for anything from just drizzling rain and walking around to walking through sagebrushes covered in snow or postholing all day. I just used them a ton. And then my other one would be uh, a backpack. I tested a bunch of backpacks and the one that seemed to work out the best for me this year was the EXO, uh, the K4 5000. Just the layout of that bag. It's super intuitive, and it just seemed like not only did it carry weight well, it was just enough organization, but not more than it needed to be. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, a simple bag that had everything that you needed us to have a special place had a place.
5: Yes. <laughs> That's exactly what I was getting at. <laughs>
2: All right, Zach, what was your favorite meal or snack for 2023?
5: It may be intuitive to some, but one of my favorite snacks is string cheese. And I know that you're technically only supposed to let it sit in your backpack for a day or whatever, but (laughs) I am eaten some string cheese that was in my backpack for, gosh, a week or more, and I never got sick or anything. So I don't know. I just, I really like having cheese out there when I'm hiking around and hunting.
2: Yeah. I eat a lot of string cheese myself. I've also left it in my bag for probably more than the expected uh, date on the package. And I've been using those little baby bales or whatever. They got the little wax on them. I like those too. They're pretty. Handy. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. But you got to carry the wax. So that's a downfall. Yeah.
5: <laughs> so much extra weight. Good thing you cut off the handle of your <laughs> toothbrush.
2: Awesome, buddy. Well, we'll be keeping track of you for the 2024 season and uh, can't wait to see what you got going on next year. All right, everybody. We got uh, Jordan Bud on, and she's going to give us a rundown of her 2023 favorite gear.
6: Yeah, so first one, uh, I've been using the Outdoorsman's Panhead for a long time, and they've had it out for a long time, uh, but this year they came up with like a Gen 2 version of it, and basically what they did is they, they did change uh, the weight that it can handle, so it's 20 pounds um, is what is what they say that it can it can handle now for weight. But the big thing is they have dual plates, so it can take an Arca plate or it can take the regular outdoorsman's plate, which is huge because before I like always had to come up with some kind of like an adapter and then keep track of the adapter because I would have like the Arca Swiss plate on my camera and you can't put your camera on a tripod if you don't have the right plate for it. So now I don't have to carry an adapter, just go into the Arca Swiss and like that goes with uh rails and stuff like on your rifles if you're going to shoot if you're going to shoot off the head with a rifle. So this way you can still use your Outdoorsman's plate or you can use Arca plate, which is pretty awesome.
2: Sounds like a big deal there. You know, moving forward everybody's kind of trying to standardize Arca Swiss as the product to go to a lot of spotting scopes use it as a built-in foot. Being able to do that as and still having their proprietary plate is pretty nice, too. So what else did you like this year?
6: So the the Crispy Brixtel Pro boot. I mean, really, those two things. The only thing that I used more than the boots that were on my feet was the outdoorsman's head, I swear. But so for my boots, the Crispy Brixton Pro, that's a new boot that they came out with last year that, aside from their regular Brixtels, they just gave it a little extra height uh, on your tops. It has 200 grams insulation too. And so it's kind of my go-to like October, November, December boot going into the late season. So
2: nice. I know you've been wearing the brick for a while, so Mm -hmm. I'll link the pros up. What else in 2023 you think?
6: So this is kind of a new one and it has more to do with guiding uh, than maybe hunting myself. It was like a really wet spring here. So the grass has really been really tall and we've been having more issues being able to shoot prone this year we've been having to shoot like you know off of knees or something like that so uh, I picked up a Primo's trigger stick it's the gen 3 I picked it up on black friday I actually got a bipod version and a tripod version and I always thought they were kind of gimmicky before but after I messed with them they it's pretty dialed and it's pretty fast to use and to like adjust for a side hill or whatever That Just really nice. And then the bipod version for coyote hunting has been really nice.
2: Yeah, I have the tall version. I use it a lot with my kids. It just helps them get that uh, extra confidence when they get it up on the sticks. So that's nice. Closing out, you have a favorite meal or a snack?
6: So I would say favorite snack. Reese's makes a thing they call the sticks. So they're like Reese's sticks. It's kind of like a peanut butter wafer. And I'm just a huge proponent of get like candy bars and stuff like that that you want to eat every day because you get like some of these high like these high dollar protein bars like they're nice but I always want to eat my Snickers or eat a Reese's or whatever and those protein bars sometimes are hard to choke down after a few days.
2: My buddy bought some on a trip and gave me one and it was like cookie dough and the first bite was like pretty awesome and after like the third bite I was like you you hate me right?
6: Yeah. Yeah, and that's all you had to eat the rest of the time.
2: This is like a Kit Kat that's uh, peanut butter flavor. Exactly.
6: Yeah, that's exactly what it is.
2: All right, Jordan, I appreciate it. Looking forward to uh, seeing how your 2024 season shapes up. Hopefully, we get you on the show sometime and have you come back.
6: Yeah, yeah, we need to. It'd be nice to be back.
2: All right, we have Tony Crumley, FNG Tony on the forums. He's going to lay out uh, some of his favorite gear this year.
7: Hey, thanks for having me on. Uh, I'd say a favorite piece of gear got this year was the zaleo satellite communicator um picked it up off of our forums we got a pretty good price on it that way um really no reason i decided on that versus the garmin in reach other than got a great price on it used just think it's important to have something in the back country and even if it's just letting the family know hey i'm made it back to the truck heading home be there in an hour whatever the case may be um not just for emergencies um you know i tried it out a lot this summer um Come to find out, you know, it does work on cell signal as well as satellite. Uh, But I did find if you're in a marginal cell area to force it into satellite-only mode, you'll get a lot more consistent transmissions that way. Otherwise, it kind of like takes a few minutes to not get through on the cell and then switch back over to the satellite. Uh, Other than that, pretty easy to set up, pretty easy to use. It's not the smallest unit, but I kind of like that it's a little bit bigger. So it's easier to grab, you know, if you have gloves on, something like that, real easy to use that way.
2: Is it like uh, the Garmin? You can turn the plan on and off when you want to use it like a monthly thing?
7: Yeah. When you first set it up, when I was a new user. So when I set it up, you have to do at least three months in a row before it allows you to shut it off. It does allow you to keep your same number uh, so if you give that out, it, it doesn't change when you turn it back on.
2: Sounds like a pretty awesome product. I'm glad you brought it to our attention. What else do you got for us today?
7: Uh, favorite snack? You know, I just usually I just go through the cupboards and see what's in there. But kids like the Welch's fruit snacks. I've been taking that pretty regularly. It kind of hits the sweet tooth without hitting your gut and wishing you didn't eat it, you know, like a candy bar might. Used to do a lot of flavored drink mixes, but again, those things that... Whatever's in there just kind of upsets you after a while. Day trip, not so much, but several days in a row, it just gets a little old. A little piece of soft candy, basically, and tastes good, and that's about it.
2: Yeah, I like the Welchers too. You know, there's only five or six in the bag, so you get a little sugar rush and then it's over. So uh,
7: pretty good. Um, Anything else you want to close with? You know, what you just touched on there, You know, I find that they're kind of packaged really well. If you're breaking up into several days worth of food, snacks, a lot of us seem to make a Ziploc bag per day, something like that. They're packaged nice and small. They're not too many and you can break them up easily that way.
2: All right. I appreciate the heads up and uh, we'll catch up with you throughout the season. All right. Thanks. All right, moving on. We've caught up with Justin Crosley.
8: He's going to tell us a little bit about his 2023 season. Welcome to the show, Justin. Hey, thanks, Sam. Yeah, uh, this year, uh, I actually kind of took kind of a light year for hunting. Didn't really hunt any tags for myself other than one uh, Wyoming elk tag that I hunted with my brother. It was a little bit of a trophy hunt and... We ended up passing a lot of bulls and going home without shooting any. So we had a good, a fun week of hunting together, but didn't end up filling any tags there. And then I helped him on a um, deer tag as well and kind of the same deal. We saw a lot of bucks, but not anything he wanted to shoot. So we hunted for about five days there and uh, backpack hunting, you know, didn't, didn't end up finding anything he wanted to shoot. So we called that one good. And then uh, I spent the final bit of the season hunting with my dad on a late season deer tag and uh and we were able to find a nice uh big mature three by three uh, that he was able to kill so and that was here in our home state of washington um, so it was a good good fun hunt overall a fun season but just uh not a lot of shooting this year
2: yeah i think that rough winter across the west really put a damper on on things just like we expected
8: before the season kicked off
2: um sounded like you got a lot of days in the field you find any favorite gear for 2023
8: my Probably my top pick um, this year for favorite was uh, my XO K4. I used that even on the hunts that weren't backpack hunts, but also used it on backpack hunts. And uh, it continued to be comfortable. This year, I was able to use you know, a production model where last year I was running the, the prototype. So you know, not much change there, right? The prototype that I had was almost a, perf- a finished product. But overall, um, used a couple different bag sizes uh, depending on the hunt and continue to like that. The only thing I don't like about that pack is the side pockets. I lobbied real hard for open topped side pockets for the spotters. So I like to be able to just slide it in and out. I don't like the zippers on the sides, but I guess I was like kind of in the minority there. So so I didn't get what I wanted, but maybe one of these days I'll take a knife to it and cut the top of the lid off. Some of those things are just personal preference,
2: what you get used to running after a lot of years. You know, the thing I liked about that bag is just pretty simple design in the bag layout, but there's enough organization to keep those important stuff right at right at your fingertips.
8: Yeah, for sure. And it, it does work fine. Totally, you know, able to fit the spotter and everything like that. Uh, but yeah, you're right. It's just, I just prefer it open on the top so I can just slide it in. and But dang dog. Hold on. All right. Sorry about that.
2: No worries. I got one of those too. I'm surprised it hasn't been down here.
8: <laughs> All right. You find anything else during the
2: season that really uh, was a must have?
8: Yeah, you know, the other thing that uh, has really become a must-have for me is the uh, Swarovski EL range. I'm using the TA, their, their newer version. But that is just, you know, kind of proven to be really, really valuable. Being able to glass and then range, you know, without switching to a handheld like a separate device. I use that all the time, obviously, in like NRL hunter competitions. It's a really big advantage for that. And then from that is where I start, you know, I got it for that and ultimately and then started to use it for hunting. And I really, really like those for that. Uh, just so, so much faster and easier. I don't think I could go back to separate uh, rangefinder binoculars again.
2: Yeah, when Kesel put his review out on some of the uh, competitors
8: there, you know, the prices really came down on those and they're just a great product. Yeah, they are. And, and I mean, they are expensive for sure. I mean, if you're looking at, you know, pretty much Zeiss, Suero or Leica, you know, any of those top ones, they're really expensive, but I let, always try to find deals on the Rockslide Classifies, which is where I got mine. And then, uh, and there's some other good ones coming out. It looks like Revik maybe is a good, uh, a good competitor. And I think the Sig 6Ks have been doing pretty well for a lot of guys too. So there's, there's some other options out there that are a little cheaper, but really liking those Swaros. And does this one do uh, any of your calculations in it? It it does. Yeah, it's one button press and I get uh, my range and my ballistic solve or, you know, my my actual drop. So I just click it once, get the range and then how many uh, minutes or meals, however you have it set up to come up, make your quick uh, dial and you're ready to shoot. Oh, yeah, that does sound uh, super handy and really speeds the process up. It is very fast.
2: You got anything else that uh, that really stuck
8: out to you this season? You know, another thing uh, that I used this year and I hadn't used a, something like this in the past, but I really liked it is uh, from LNS Wild, their hunter scoped action armor. So it kind of covers my, or actually I think the one that I'm using actually covers the barrel too. So I think it's a slightly different name than that. But anyway, they have their their rifle covers that cover the barrel, the action and the scope and it kind of wraps. Pretty lightweight. It's maybe you might think about not carrying it if it's a, a backpack hunt, but but overall I you know I had it in the back of a side-by-side with that cover on it, I had in the back of a truck, you know, in out in the weather, or uh, if I'm at a shooting competition or, or sitting glassing in the snow or the rain, you know, when I am hiking, uh, it's just super nice. Cause it covers the end of the barrel also covers your action and scope just keeps that snow and rain and mud and stuff from going inside there. And in Wyoming, we had a lot of bad weather. So it was uh, it actually worked out really well being able to not worry about it. I could just unwrap that and it was all clean and ready to go at any time. So That was kind of a cool product
2: thing I really noticed about that product, I saw you started it on your thread, but it's a full wraparound. So if you have a detachable magazine, you don't have to worry about it just coming free when you're putting it in and out
8: of your truck or your side by side or anything like that. I thought that was a good idea. Yeah, it's nice because it, exactly it covers all of that. And the barrel cover, if, if for whatever reason, if you don't want to use it, it's just a little bit of Velcro that connects the kind of the two pieces, the barrel cover with the action and, and uh, scope cover. You kind of if you buy the whole thing, which is their three quarter, I guess it's the three quarter scoped rifle armor is what it's called. If you get that whole set, which is what I'd recommend, then yeah, you can kind of configure it whichever way you want. and uh, And it works really well. It's quick. In fact, I had two. I had the regular, the regular one that only covers the scope and the action. And I met a guy out in the field in Wyoming and he was trying to dig snow and ice out of his action and, and his scope was all covered up. And so, cause he was riding a four-wheeler in the crappy weather. And so I pulled that out of my bag. I had an extra one. I said, Hey, you got to use this thing. So I just gave it to some guy in the mountain. <laughs> Don't even know his name, but figured I'd help him out. Yeah. I'm sure he appreciated No doubt about that. Yeah. That poor guy was, and he was covered in snow and freezing. So, so yeah, at least his rifle was good after that. I guess closing out, you got any uh, favorite meal or snacks? I would say, uh, you know, meal wise, not so much, but a snack that I pretty much the last couple of years will not go anywhere without, whether it's hunting or even on a long drive, is the uh, the Nerds Clusters. Man, they got a couple flavors of those, and those are like my favorite snack for right now.
2: Yeah, I haven't had Nerd Clusters. I, have, I haven't had Nerds for a while. I'm going to have to try it out.
8: They're, uh, yeah, they're a whole nother level. In fact, if I, I got to be careful because if, if I don't bring them to bear camp, Ryan will tear apart my camper looking for them. So I'd have to leave a couple bags of them out easy for him to find. All
2: right, buddy. We'll be following along with uh, 2024, seeing what kind of tags you draw and what kind of gear you'll be reviewing. So I look forward to it. Sounds good, man. Thanks. We finally caught up with John Skolman, the mysterious Rockslide IT guy. I only fix
9: stuff when Ryan doesn't do it. I don't know. Some, sometimes I wonder why they keep me around, but. Well, I
2: appreciate you uh, coming on, making some time. How did your uh, 2023 season come on?
9: It was pretty good. Um, ticked off with Spring Bear in Idaho uh, with a couple buddies. We did not see many bears at all. It was a pretty rough start to the year. Talked to the game warden there. He said that we were the first bear to check in out of our group. And then went from there. It was archery in Montana for elk. Uh, both my buddy and I shot five point rag horns on the same day. I shot mine in the morning. He shot his that evening. It was, it was a good day. Uh, for both of us. After that, we rolled into Washington Modern Firearm. And basically, I kind of give that over to my kids. Um, so I spent a couple days with my daughter. She came close. She came close a couple times. Just couldn't get it in the scope, get settled and pull the trigger before her opportunity was gone. Uh, one of my boys ended up shooting a buck. Um, that was kind of fun. After that, I had planned on going back to Montana, but uh, my work schedule kind of got crazy. Didn't get to go back to Montana, but I did have a uh, Alberta whitetail hunt kind of thrown in my lap. Uh, shot a nice little eight point on that. First time doing a guided hunt. First time sitting in a stand. First time hunting whitetails. So it was it was a good hunt for me.
2: Yeah, it sounds like you had a pretty amazing season. A couple long days, two bulls in one day, man. That's a lot for two guys.
9: Yeah, I will say it was probably one of the easier packouts I've ever had. It was about a mile to where we could get the truck for both of them, and it was a slight downhill, and I I couldn't ask for an easier pack out. Nice.
2: Though. Yeah, it doesn't get much better when they're easy, and then, man, I've been thinking about going to Canada. That's one of my uh, bucket list trips. Go up there for Whitetail. That's pretty awesome. You got to get up there and make it happen.
9: Yeah, the weather was a little bit rough. It ended up being a lot warmer than we expected. A uh, week before, it had been highs in the 20s. We were there, and it was like 45 one day we had one cold day and there was a lot of action that day but after that it had warmed back up it was another 40 degree day after we left it ended up snowing for a few days and got cold again
2: yeah that's usually how it works isn't it
9: yeah should have been here yesterday
2: well you had a lot of days in the field did you come up with any uh favorite gear for 2023
9: Yeah. um, So I have been thinking about a suppressor for years and I finally pulled the proverbial trigger on it. Ended up buying a a AB Raptor 7. And I will say that shooting with my kids, they've loved it. It's probably been one of my favorite things I bought in the last few years. You know, it adds a little bit of weight, but honestly, that makes shooting a lot more fun for the kids make shooting for me a lot easier. You know, when we're at the range, we're still wearing ear pro, but being out in the field and not having to think about ear pro because I'm pretty much a stickler on it. Like up until now, my kids always had earmuffs that they kept around their neck. So if I was out with them shooting, hunting, you know, everybody had earmuffs. Didn't matter if you're a couple feet behind me or not, you're you're wearing muffs. Um, so adding the can made a big difference for me this year.
2: Nice. Yeah. I'm probably one of the few guys on Rockslide that doesn't have a suppressor. You know, I've been thinking about it, too. Just the technology just came so far in the last few years. It's pretty amazing. So I'm going to really start looking at it. I'm going to go to a few shows this year and and check it out and see if it's for me there.
9: Yeah. And there was a little point of impact shift, but I haven't like I'm also not the greatest shooter, but I haven't seen an accuracy issue with it or anything like that. It's been been a great can. I've been really happy with it. Adds almost 14 ounces, but uh, it's not too bad.
2: Awesome. Did you uh, find anything else you liked?
9: Yeah. Um, so this year I kind of made the jump into quilts. Uh, one of my buddies, 92 XJ on rock Slide, Uh, he's been a big quilt guy that I chat with a lot and he was like, Hey, like you should really try it. You should try it. And so this spring bear, I stole his. Um, and then after doing that, I came home and I ordered, ordered myself a 30 degree quilt and a 20, um, ended up buying, a uh, enlightened equipment revelation with their apex fill. For the 30 and then a an El Coyote down for the 20. And I, I will say going from my old sleeping bag, which I bought a 15 degree marmot years ago, and I've just been powering through with that. That bag was three pounds, six ounces. And now I've gone to an entire sleep system that's less than that. Um, so I've been pretty happy with that.
2: Yeah, I try to quilt for a while. I think they are an acquired taste, but I agree with you. I mean, any time that you go from just the sleeping bag weight to the entire sleep system is a is a huge gain there.
9: Yeah. And I'm a pretty hot sleeper. I, I run hot and not to get too over Sherry, but, uh, with a standard mummy bag, I was, I was sweating pretty bad and, uh, it was just one of those like, mm, you know what, there's gotta be something better. And, you know, I know a lot of guys don't like quilts. Uh, I've been using mine with a Bora Vivi. And so I haven't had any issues with drafts or anything like that. You know, I know guys like them until they don't. Uh, but I I've liked it so far. I haven't gotten it out on a ton of hunts. Uh, the archery elk hunt, we were kind of out of camp and so it wasn't a big deal. Spring bear, it's, you know, backpack in for us, but having that quilt, was really nice dropping a couple of pounds.
2: Yeah. And I think the sleep system, you know, once you get that dialed is the most important thing. Uh, my sleeping pad is a lot heavier than probably most guys carry, but you know, if you're not sleeping good at night, you're not waking up refreshed and it's just grinds you down that much extra. So w- when you start adding days to that, it can get intense. So I'm glad you found something that works for you and it's lighter weight. So that's pretty awesome.
9: Yeah. Being able to move around has been a big thing for me. It's like having that extra space. And like I said, you know, it's going from a three pound, six ounce bag down to, I don't remember how much each one of those weigh, but, uh, I, I remember weighing it when I put it all together and, and, what was my sleeping bag stuff sack. I was like, oh wow, this is three pounds. Yeah. Nice.
2: You got anything else you want to add before we move on to, uh, food?
9: Not really. For food, I ended up stumbling across Good To Go, their Pad Thai. I like Thai food, and I will say that uh, Pad Thai was actually really, really good. Uh, It takes a little bit longer. It's dehydrated instead of freeze-dried, and it takes almost 17 ounces of water. So not something, if water's an issue, um, I I would not be bringing that with me. But uh, where we were doing spring bear this year, I took my son back into uh, a couple weeks after I went with my buddies, and there's a spring right behind it where we set up. So I brought that and I will say, you know, a little tear open bag of peanuts. And I think it was like powdered lime that you add to it. Uh, it was a pretty good meal. And especially when, you know, I come home from hunting with uh, freeze dried food and my wife's always like, Hey, you, you need like a few days to let this clear out before you can come <laughs> in the house.
2: You know, having just that special meal that you look forward to, whether you have it on the first day out of the truck or the last day is a big motivation. Just knowing that it's in your pack.
9: Yeah. It's definitely something I'll bring with as long as there's a close by water source. If water's an issue, like I I found the peak refuels uh, are usually the lowest water amount. Kind of stick with those usually.
2: All right, John, I appreciate you coming on and sharing with us a little bit. And I appreciate all you do over there, keeping the site running. I know it can be a headache sometimes when that sucker goes down. And uh, (laughs) but yeah, I appreciate it. I'm not uh, too
9: tech savvy. I don't know what you do, but I'm glad you do it. (laughs) Eh, half the time i don't even know what i'm doing either it's fine i i will say anytime rock slide goes down i'm i'm surprised by how quickly i hear from some people saying hey rock slide isn't working and it's the (laughs) middle of the day so i i don't know how many people actually work and how many people just hang out on rock slide all day
2: that's a great job i need one of those
9: (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah.
2: All right, buddy, we'll be following you throughout the 2024 season, see what kind of tags you draw, what kind of gear you're going to test, and uh, we'll check back in later. Awesome. Thank you. All right, catching up with Howard Mee. How was your uh, 2023 season, Howard?
10: It was good. It was good. Uh, My little hunting buddy's son is a sophomore in high school. He managed to kill a mule deer buck with his bow. That was a big achievement for him. Uh, my youngest son decided. He said, "Dad, I I don't just want to kill another whitetail behind mom and dad's house. I want to kill a mule deer in the mountains." So we took to the mountains, and he got a mule deer buck, and I managed to squeeze out a buck towards the end of season. Also, not a not a giant, but a buck I was happy to kill, and and that was a wrap. We kind of got skunked on skunked on elk. We got a got an arrow and killed a, killed a bear with my bow this spring, and I think that's it.
2: For the most part man sounds like a great year nothing better than getting your kids out and seeing them get a little success
10: yeah it was a ton of fun uh do you find any gear for
2: 2023
10: that really stood out to you yeah when i i saw that you were we were going to do this recording uh, there was no question for me what was my first pick i'm going to go with rx7 ultra and i dressed that out with option archery the canyon pounder and the quivalizer it looked good, man. Black on black. <laughs> in the back of the pickup, looks good. Shoots good. I shot a lot of bows in, in before I picked the bow that I wanted because what I wanted most this year was I wanted my confidence back. I wanted to know that I could hit what I was aiming at. And I didn't really care about speed. I didn't care about, it was like, it, whatever it cost me, I want to be able to hit what I'm aiming at. And we accomplished that with the Hoyt. And I know they're already out with the eight. Um, I'm not a guy that likes to change too much. So I'll be, I'll be riding this bow for, for a long time. The the Canyon Pounder was a super nice upgrade from anything I had ever shot. It's, it's complex, but not complicated. It gives you the ability to be really specific. And I'm, I still have things I want to do with that site next year. I'll, you know, we get cold and snowed out and I'm going to have to wait for the most part until the fall but or till next spring but I'll I'll be back shooting it again as soon as I can.
2: How many pins does your Canyon Pounder have?
10: I went with the 5 pin. So I skipped 30, I went 20 30, 50 is my middle, 60 70. Nice. Yeah. It it it's dialed, man. I'm really impressed with how it shoots. I think if you put that Canyon Pounder on any new bow, you would be happy with the results.
2: Yeah, I'm going to have to look at one when I get up to the expo or something. I'm going to change up sites. I had the Garmin on mine, you know, and Utah outlawed the Garmin and yeah. I kind of had to scramble and and put my old black gold on, which is a great site. But, you know, there's a lot of innovation out there right now and it's it's just fun to try new stuff. It is. It's fun, but it yeah, I think you'll like it, man. There's just it
10: covers such a wide variety of options, which is the point, right? you're antelope hunting, I can go down to a single pin. I can shoot farther than, than I would ethically shoot in a hunting situation. And you don't have to be fiddling around messing with the pins when you're elk hunting and they're coming in close. It just checked all the boxes for me.
2: All right. You want to talk about the Quivalizer or no?
10: Not, I don't have a ton to say about it. It works right? It's tough. It didn't get in the way as much as I thought it would with brush country up here. And I was a little bit concerned about that hanging off the front of the bow, getting caught in the brush. It wasn't a problem at all. It worked really well. I just led with it. I like that I don't bump the, the knocks on my arrows with my knees and drive my expandables into my quiver hood. So There's some really cool pieces to it. And also has the ability to unclip from the riser and snap in like a traditional quiver would. So if you're gonna strap it onto your backpack and hike somewhere, that it, it's sticking out the front like as the equivalizer is not not a problem. It just is what it looks like. It works. It's pretty simple
2: design, solid. So you'll be continuing to use it going into next season?
10: Yeah, I'm gonna run this setup for for the foreseeable future. I don't plan on changing any of those components. I might play with arrows. I'm definitely gonna get a new release next year, but the setup that I have is one I'm gonna stick with.
2: All right, sounds like you are pretty dialed. Uh, What else did you find that you really liked? I ran a bunch of the Born
10: Primitive gear. The the Frontier Pants, I had it in the Heavy. That was a major highlight for me. I've always been a huge fan of the Sitka Timberlines because I love those reinforced knees. And I still have them, still wear them. I didn't wear them this year because I was running the Frontier pants. And I only wore them late season when it was really heavy. They have the hip zips. (laughs) You can vent when you start creating some heat, which was nice. I'm going to run those through the rest of winter. If we get out, do some wolf season. If we ever get some snow, um, I'm continuing to wear those outside. They're really comfortable. And it just happens to be a good fit for me. Like the waist... Isn't too tight. It's not too loose. It just it feels like it was made for me, and it was really great pair of pants. I'm super happy with it. Uh, the other two pieces would be their their Quiver half zip. If I could run the Frontier pants with the Quiver half zip hoodie, that's what I would pick to run all the time. Super comfortable. But I also just wanted to mention their Sun shirt. I loved that thing. It was unbelievably comfortable. It covered the back of my hands like it should. And I used it a ton. We do a, we got three different rivers here in the Flathead, right in the middle of the Flathead Valley. So we do a lot of rafting, a lot of fishing. I, I just wanted to make sure I didn't forget to mention that just because there's a bunch of snow outside and I've mentally moved on. But those two shirts, the Frontier Pants, and my bow setup was, was my highlight.
2: Yeah, and you reviewed the Primitive Clothing Gear on the homepage, I'll get us a link up to that if people want to check it more out. And I know I've said this a few times, maybe even on the show, but I'm a big uh, fan of the Born Primitive Quiver half-zip hoodie myself. It was one of my most worn pieces. Uh, every time I looked at a picture from hunting season, it looked like I had that thing on. So, yeah, yeah I was an, it was an impressive piece. I wore it a lot. I'm still wearing it. Same here. All right. You want to close out
10: uh, with anything? You uh, For food... I'll I'll share my favorite food this year, frozen hamburger patties on the grill. (laughs) I'm guessing that hasn't been mentioned yet, but we did a lot of wall tent hunting and there's nothing like coming home to a double cheeseburger
2: in the tent. Frozen hamburger patties.
10: (laughs) That's right.
2: Awesome, buddy. Yeah, I agree. If you can't eat good when you're base camp hunting, then what's the point of base camp? That's right. Exactly. All right, Howard, I appreciate you making a little time for us coming on. Uh, we'll be following you out throughout the 2024 season and uh, seeing what you have going on. Uh, look forward to it. Thanks, Dan. We'll see you.
1: The Onyx Hunt Elite subscription will provide way more value than the $100 annual fee will cost you. And that's before you apply the 20% Rockcast promo code. You'll use Onyx on every hunt, every planning session, and now save money with exclusive deals on gear from the industry's best. Onex Elite also includes application and draw odds tools, educational resources for all species, exclusive mapping and scouting tools, and last but not least, access to nationwide coverage and now Canada. Onex Hunt Elite is trusted by millions. Onex has also released new features to help make hunters more successful. Already known for nationwide public and private land ownership and being a fully functional GPS without service, Onyx Hunt has just released new aerial imagery options like Leaf Off, recent imagery updated every two weeks with historic lookback and imagery on demand. On top of that, Onyx is reinventing the trail camera market by syncing your Hunt app with multiple cell camera manufacturers and helping organize and analyze your photos. You can also now view your maps in dash when driving to your next hunting location. These are just a few of the many updates Onyx has for this hunting season. So try Onyx Hunt for free for seven days, or go to OnyxMaps.com and use promo code RockCast for twenty percent off your new Onyx
2: Hunt membership. All right, now we're moving on to Dave, team for
11: long gun. How was your twenty twenty three season? All right, yes, yeah, man. Hey, what's up, Dave? Here. Uh, my squeezing was, uh, had some ups and downs, didn't, didn't put an elk on the ground, but uh, did get to try out some new gear that I'm pretty excited about. All right. You got
2: any favorite uh, gear picks for 2023?
11: Yeah. Uh, the, the first one that comes to mind is the Really Right Stuff tripod. It's a pricey item, but I think it's worth every penny. And I got the uh, 24 Lima with the 30 Anvil ball head. One of the things I like the best about it is it's rock solid. And when you're articulating it, there's zero slop. And that's one of the big things that I look for in a tripod, not just being stable, but when I make adjustments, is there any play in it? And this one is pretty much top of the line.
2: Yeah, really right stuff. Makes great stuff. What head did you have again?
11: The uh, 24 Lima. It's the, uh, the extra long legs, and it's got the 30, uh, Anvil 30 ball head on. All right. You got any other uh, gear that stood out for 2023? Yeah, uh, I'm going to go into clothing here. Something that uh, is by far my favorite piece is uh, the Enlighten Equipment makes a jacket called the Tourid. It's a down jacket, seemingly weightless. I mean, there's—I I don't even know if I could weigh it on my scale, but it's just the loft that it gives. It, it really, to me, it's the true definition of a puffy. It like it, it puffed up on its own, and it, this is after being mashed in between all kinds of stuff in my pack. Super warm easy to pack. And uh, again, a little pricier item, but I wouldn't be without it.
2: Hey, so was this a lightened equipment? Is it a custom one-off piece or you just pick it up out
11: of a cottage store or how's that all work out? You know, it's semi-custom. You go onto the website and you get to pick uh, what material is on the outer and the inner uh, liner. So I I don't remember. I think my outer is like a 20, 20 denier and the inside is 10. Um, And you get to pick the color like you could do camo or, or blaze orange, but yeah, outside of picking that, you pick either jacket or, or hood. Um, yeah, you get to select what you want uh, as far as material. Awesome, I'll have to check that out. Yeah, one more for you. Uh, the Quickly Thick Alpha. It's uh, it's pretty new as a, as a spotter. It just came out. I think I got it within the first week of shipping. So it's been a few months now, and. I'm not going to geek out on all the specs. There's a lot of other guys that 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 can speak to that. But I I can tell you this: I've been using Spot and Phillips for over two decades, and it's the finest piece of equipment that that I've ever used. Um, again, pretty pretty pricey, but one of the things I have zero regret ponying up for.
2: Yeah, I used the Kawa 99 this year, and I mean it cost more than my first car I ever had. But man, it's amazing.
11: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm with you. All right, Dave, anything else you want to add? Yes, Sam, there's one more thing I would say is is worthy of an honorable mention, and that's the uh, Vanguard tripod I was asked to to play with this this past season, and and I'm pretty impressed with it, and here's why. I have the the really right stuff, what I consider to be the the, the top of the line in tripods, and this stacks up right with it in in a lot of categories. Is it something I'm going to take on a backcountry hunt? No, but – I got a lot of different varied uses out of it. If I wanna zero rifles at the range, that clamp shelf that have works out great. Another thing I did with it is predator hunt. Again, just as rock solid as the really right stuff for about a third of the cost. If if I can get a piece of gear that I can use more than one way, and in this case, I used it three or four different ways, uh, I'm happy with it. And and again, everything comes down to the dollar. A third of the cost, it's it's definitely an honorable mention for me.
2: All right, I'm going to check out the uh, thread you got started on Rock Slide on it, and we'll go from there. All right, anything else stand out? or?
11: Well, I, I mean, if we're talking hunting, I like to eat. We should probably talk about some Uh I'm, I'm not crazy about the, the, the dehydrated, freeze-dried stuff. I eat it when I have to, but uh, I just want to share one of my favorite snacks, and that's uh, like a hard salami spicy suppostata that I take out, and uh, I'll, I'll cut that up. As, I'm, as I climb up to the top and I'm getting ready to glass, I'll usually bring some crackers or Triscuits with it. And then uh, shelf stable cheese, usually like pepper jack for me. And that's something that I really look forward to as I'm doing that nasty vertical climb in the dark, you know, cursing every other step. It's just, uh, it's just something, something good to look forward to.
2: Yeah, that, that makes me hungry just talking about it right now. <laughs> All right, Dave. Uh, I appreciate you making some time coming on for us there. Uh, we'll be following you along in the 2024 season and hope to get you back on the show. All right. Sounds good, Sam. Thank you. All right. Moving on to Matt Cashel. How has your 2023 season been? That was kind of a challenge. The weather was, uh, not very
12: cooperative for general season in Montana. So I saw plenty of bulls, but didn't see, uh, the one I was looking for. So I have an unpunched tag this year. It's been a while.
2: Man, that's always a struggle. Nobody likes tag soup, but you did get a lot of time to uh, test some gear out. You find any favorites for uh, 2023?
12: Yeah, I and I, I I shot a pretty nice deer, and I haven't shot a deer in a long time, so that was a pretty good season. Spent a lot of time looking for a deer this year. But uh, a lot of that time was spent looking through the Koa 66A which uh, the review's up on the website there and that that's probably the top piece of equipment i use this year as a optics kind of enthusiast as i am really like that one kind of sets the standard not kind of definitely sets the standard for the 65 millimeter class spotters really a great spotting scope works great with both of the main eyepieces with the wide angle zoom and the ultra wide angle fixed uh, i think the zoom is probably best for hunting but what a great scope
2: yeah i used the 99 a little bit this year but after reading your 66 review on the home page there man i kind of want to look through it a little nervous i might want to downsize
12: yeah well i have had the 88 for a while and it's kind of been the standard and the 66 is just so close while being that much smaller and lighter that i'm looking at swinging that way myself so i think it's good i think uh anytime you can save a little bit without bending too much performance is pretty good i do think that the 99 is uh going to definitely have a uh, brightness advantage but the 66 versus the 88 is pretty close the 88 is brighter but as far as detail and optical performance overall there neck and neck
2: and I just want to touch on this just real quick but the uh, difference between the zoom and the wide angle tried the new wide angle too and I loved it I think I'm just kind of a creature of habit and went back to the zoom and maybe it's kind of a crutch knowing I can can get it up there but the wide angle uh resolved a little better for me I thought
12: yeah I think at the same magnification when they're both at 35 on the 66 that they resolved the same element on the chart for me but uh the zoom controls the chromatic aberration a little better. So there's a little less fringing at the edge. The fixed eyepiece isn't bad, but it's, uh, that zoom is really impressive. I really love the fixed eyepiece for digiscoping though. It's like perfect for it.
2: I appreciate your insight there. Anything else that stuck out for me from this season? So there's an upcoming review
12: that I'm just finishing up on the Generation 2 Outdoorsman's tripod. It caused a little bit of a stir with the price point with the Carbon and Negra version being over 1000 bucks, about 1400 bucks, I think, just for the legs. And uh, But I'll tell you what, that is a, a great tripod. If you're going to be doing glassing primarily and you want something that is built right, that is the tripod to get. It is more expensive than other tripods, but so are Koa and Swarovski Optics compared to the lower end optics. If you really want the best, those Gen 2 tripods from Outdoorsman's are really good. And uh, I hear there's some more accessories coming for that system that's going to make it even nicer. So Rockslide readers should keep an eye on it, but look for my review on that. It's not too surprising that a high-end tripod like that is pretty nice, but it really is a good one.
2: I know we talked about it before, but having a really nice tripod complements a really nice scope.
12: Yeah, well, it's just weird to (laughs) put a $4,000 spotting scope on a $200 tripod. You know, if you have a really nice scope, it goes well with a really nice tripod. That's right another product i really love that i didn't do a review on but a friend of mine got it for me it's the stealthy hunter glassing pad and uh, it comes in different colors and i've got the tan one but one side is tan and one side is blaze orange so it helps you out with uh, legal requirements in montana in general season but it's just a it's just a really nice classic pattern, something that I use all the time. And I just really appreciated it all season, all the way from scouting through archery and into general season. I used it a ton. It was awesome to put on the rocks. It insulates from the snow. Just a really good product.
2: Yeah, I always use a glossing pad, too. Uh, the one I have, I don't know, I think it's maybe originally a turkey pad, and it's just starting to wear out, and the foam collects a little water. I'm going to have to upgrade. Maybe I'll check into this. Do you know what it weighs offhand?
12: It's six and a half ounces, so it's a little bit heavier, but it's got, a, um, it's got Cordura all over the outside of it. It's got straps that match up with pretty much every backpack system, so you can just put it right on the back. And then, like I said, it's got the Hunter's Orange for um, meeting the regulations.
2: Yeah, even when that's not a regulation, it's always nice to have a little orange on the back of your pack during regular rifle season.
12: Yeah, that's a good product. You want to close out with uh, your favorite snack or a meal? Well, first of all, I'm going to talk about the one thing that I was kind of disappointed in that I had high hopes for this season, and that would be the Koa 1.6 extender. Your light when you're using that extender causes the light loss that the extender causes uh, just takes too much of a hit on your image to make it really usable. I did find a use uh, using a spying scope more like a telescope at night, where you can really get critical focus, and you're not you're not dealing with as many environmental factors where it was useful in that really narrow use case but uh generally just didn't work that great so i kind of expected that half expected that at least um i'm sure it's got a use in photography koa makes a camera lens that it's compatible with and it might be better in that use case but uh not i don't think hunters are going to get much use out of it unfortunately
2: all right the 1.6 ender a little bit of a stinker if you're uh trying to use it to get a little more magnification during those wee hours of light yeah. What about your favorite snacker meal? What you got? You know,
12: I'm partial to those little Stretch Island fruit leathers from Costco. I always have a supply of those, and I put way too many of them in the pack, but uh they do a good job. I never get tired of them, and uh they'll keep you regular in the backcountry too. So
2: That that is important. Bonus. Too many freeze dried. <laughs> we'll uh let you know it that's for yeah. sure. All right, always a pleasure, Matt. Uh Anything else you want to close out on? Nope. Just uh, good to talk to you, Sam, and we'll talk to you the next time. Moving on, we caught up with Glendon Mullins. All right, Glendon, you want to tell us a little about your uh, 2023 season?
13: This year, I mainly kind of concentrated. My nine-year-old son uh, really got into hunting last year, and I wasn't able to get him a deer last year because he kind of really got into it kind of in the later part of the season. So this year, my main focus was more getting him deer versus trophy hunting or, you know, that stuff, so... I was able to help him get his first deer. He got it with a muzzleloader here in Virginia during the muzzleloader season. And he ended up actually getting a second deer. He also killed a doe with a rifle. Got his first two deer this year. And we're waiting on the late muzzleloader season to come in, which opens tomorrow. And he's, you know, still may get another one so far. So just getting him two deer has made my season a success.
2: Oh, yeah, no doubt. There's nothing better than... Watching your children succeed. Oh, yeah. Going throughout your season, did you find any gear that you really fell in love with for 2023?
13: Not that I really fell in love with. Bought a Ruger American rifle in 450 Bushmaster. Uh, I had been wanting a straight wild case gun for a couple years now and crossed a good deal on one. Because I do have some future trips planned, possibly to Ohio or Iowa, you know, some of those states that require that you use a straight wild case rifle. So I bought that Bushmaster and it shoots really well at the range. I can't complain about how it shoots or anything like that. And it's really light, only has a 16 inch barrel. uh, So it's real maneuverable in the woods, but I do have one complaint about it. It doesn't have a lock on the bolt. So no matter if you're on safety or fire, you can work the bolt. And, you know, several times this year, of course, I hunt in the mountains of Virginia and do quite a bit of walking. For me to walk a mile or two miles in the woods every day hunting is fairly, normal and when I would have the gun on my shoulder carrying it that way several times if I took it off my shoulder I noticed the bolt was working its way loose it was working its way up and I'd have to put it back down that that was my one complaint about it other than that the gun shoots great and uh, i did kill a small four-point buck with it and it done its job as far as killing it a deer but the boat working loose like that was definitely concerning
2: yeah on my remington 700 the bolt doesn't lock either and you got to check it so yeah it's it's not an isolated thing a lot of those three position safeties that's part of their benefit sounds like a pretty nice rifle at a reasonable
13: price Uh, Moving on, is there anything else you want to mention? I bought, just on a whim, (laughs) I was on a website, I squirrel hunt with dogs, and I was buying a clip to put on one of the collars to charge it. And I was on a website called W Hunting Supply. And they have, it's a portable power bank that you can get. Of course, it'll charge your cell phone, you know, stuff like that while you're out in the field. It has a solar panel on it and a compass built into the back of it, as well as a LED flashlight. I just, I thought it was a cool little piece of equipment that I didn't really have plans to buy, but when I seen it, one of those things you just had to get because I thought it was cool and would come in, you know, really handy with the solar panel on it. If you're out in the field camping or something like that, needed to keep your cell phone charged up for your maps and stuff like that.
2: Have you ran the battery bank down and then uh, charged it up with the solar? How much how much time does it take?
13: Uh, I haven't ran it down that far yet and charged it solely with the solar yet, so I at this time, I don't have a clue how long it would take.
2: That was your only two. You don't have anything else, do you?
13: This year, I didn't really have any pl- hunts planned, trips or out-of-state hunts, so I didn't really have a need to buy that much stuff, or I didn't have any trips planned. I didn't really get an opportunity to review very much stuff through Rockslide, so those were kind of the only two things that I really had this year. Several of the reviews we've done before, I always sing the praises of the thermocells, so I'll talk a little bit about it again. We do a hog hunt in Georgia every year during March, and the mosquitoes are thick down there. And honestly, we wouldn't be able to do the hunt without a thermosail.
2: Yeah, I think people that have never been to the South don't really know how intense the bugs can be when it's warm out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
13: All right, closing out, do you got a favorite Miller snack? <laughs> Well, I'm I'm sure Robbie Denning is going to be disappointed that I'm not talking about the Beanie Weenies and Vienna sausages that I promised him. But uh, one thing, and I've mentioned it on the forum before, uh, the guys that do the backpack hunting and stuff, I don't understand why they don't take a West Virginia pepperoni roll for each day that they're camping. If you're doing a five-day hunt, throw five of them in your pack. You have basically a meal ready to eat every evening.
2: (laughs) What is a West Virginia pepperoni roll?
13: It's basically uh, pepperoni baked inside of of bread. Uh, Some of them will have cheese baked in there with them and some don't. It just depends on who makes it. They actually started kind of years ago in the coal mines. The coal miners needed a food they could take down into the mines and be able to eat out of their lunch bucket that wouldn't spoil or get all soggy in the conditions they had to work and stuff like that. And it's kind of a tradition here in West Virginia. We're kind of known for it.
2: Yeah, I never heard of that. It's like a pig in a blanket, except it doesn't go bad.
13: Yeah. Pretty much. The uh the pepperoni is completely encased in the bread, so it's like the meat isn't exposed. It just when you look at one, you just it looks like a roll, just like your regular dinner roll or whatever, but it has the pepperoni and stuff baked inside of it.
2: Well, I don't know about five in a row, but I'd definitely give that a shot, buddy. <laughs> All right. I appreciate you coming on, Uh, spending a little time with us. Anything else you want to close out with?
13: Nope. Uh, Just good luck to everybody. The rest of the hunting seasons they have left. And, you know, I hope everybody enjoys Rock Slide the Forum. We put in a lot of hard work to keep things managed and running there.
2: All right. I do appreciate all your efforts you put in there. It takes a lot of work to moderate that and make it one of the best places on the web to uh, go for all of your hunting needs for sure. All right, moving on. We finally caught up with Jim Carr. He's going to tell us a little bit about his 2023 season and some of his favorite gear. Welcome to the show, Jim.
14: Hey, how's it going? 2023 season kind of didn't go as planned. We had four daughters and three of them I had to take hunting this year. One was her uh, first year hunting, um, Charlotte. She just turned 10. And so I kind of tried to plan my hunts around you know the kids and so everything kind of was geared toward them this year and uh, I was super busy at work you know I have my construction business so I kind of kind of put my stuff on the back burner for most for the most part although I did get to go out quite a bit but anyways on my kids so we started out with bought a rifle from uh, Ryan and it was I, I call it the Rockside Split Special has Rockside uh, written on it and it's a Lane Precision rifle six point six point five sawm that thing I got it right before the season for my daughter's uh, you know, it's a, light, it's a lighter weight rifle at 6.5 pounds. And I had been carrying a 6.5 ERC that was a couple pounds heavier the last few years. And it kind of gets a pain in the ass you know carrying it all over the heels i was trying to go a lighter weight this year you know just because we hike so much and and for the amount of shooting we do it's like shoot let's go lighter so one we got this 6.5 song i popped it with another uh, scope that i had done a review on the size v4 4 to 16 and the uh, first time i took that rifle out i sighted it in 100 and i took it out and shot it out to 1700 yards like clockwork, it was it was already dialed. Ryan Avery gave me the uh, the load I needed for it, and uh, um, unknown munitions loaded up the uh, you know up a batch of that that load for me, and it was just money. And then I wanted to go with a lighter bipod, so um, I did a review, and I'm gonna I'm gonna post this review soon. Is a Spartan Precision Equipment the Javelin Pro Hunt Tac bipod, and I got that the nine to twelve the long model. Anyways, that set up we killed my daughters, uh, starting with my ten uh, year old. She shot perfect long range shot. Killed her first bull and then followed up my my uh, daughter, Annabelle. She shot another bull at long range. Um, we're talking 800, both of all 800 plus. And then I followed up daughter Emmy using that same system, the, you know, the uh, Pro Hunt bipod and that rifle and another one shot kill caught on video. And then I took a 10 year old out again and she shot a you know, white tail at 500 yards, 475 yards. Just all one shot kills with that rifle. That rifle was just, I mean, just perfect and uh super light, nice to carry. Bipod is what I really do my review. One of my main reviews this year. I really enjoy it because carrying a bulky bipod with me, I always carry my rifle kind of on the front end of me, you know, like between my arm. So it's kind of my face all, all the time under my armpit.
2: Yeah. With the Kafaru gun bearer.
14: Yep. Yeah. Yep. Gun bearer and uh, which i love that by the way i should say something about that that's been since i started using that it's been such a difference maker on the fact that you know you're walking through brush it doesn't hang up and it's so quick to get it on and off uh i've always carried a little bit bigger substantial uh, bipod which i do like bipods you know especially low to the ground and that thing's always in my way you know my face and because tedious and you definitely notice the weight with the uh, Pro hunt Tac bipod you just pop it on and off you got to have a place to put it though. You know, so I always, you know, have to have a place where you can get it quickly. And I just keep it with my um, rear bag so I can get to both quickly. It, it was a noticeable difference not having a bipod in my on the rifle the whole day you're walking around everywhere. And the adjustability on it, um, some of the shots we made were, especially on my daughter, on my daughter Annabelle's bull, we shot, um, she shot a good six point. And the heel is so uh, unlevel and we were kind of on a downhill slant. Being able to adjust the one side up and, and then being able to pop off the, uh, it has a boot. And you could pop it off, and it has like a little uh sharp,
2: yeah, a little spike,
14: a uh, piece of carbide. Yep. And I was able to stick that like in a log. There was, there was no way to get solid. You know, it's like stick it in a log, and then and then stick the other one on a rock. That was like it was so hard to find a spot. And that's you know the bull was at a low angle, so it was kind of it was a really hard spot to get it. You know, we know I'm not going to have to let her shoot offhand at 800 yards. So, but anyway, she got a good setup and it, good shot with it. But with my old uh, bipod, I I don't think I could have got that you know that kind of an angle with it. There's other bulls kind of on the hillside kind of looking our way. So we didn't have a lot of room to go run around, you know, that, uh, that bipod is a difference maker. I love it. Uh, along with that rifle, that rifle is going to be keeping my kids go to rifle from here on out. Um, cause
2: it's, yeah, sounds, sounds like you've got a really dialed in system. Yeah. You know, and it's pretty good that all of your kids fit it well too, and can shoot it well. Yeah, money well spent, no doubt.
14: They they did their part, and that rifle made it so much easier. So, and that uh, bipod was, uh, I, I love it. The only thing I about it is, I'm kind of a little bit, uh, I get for, I forget things. You could ask Ryan how bad I am, and I could see myself leaving that somewhere. You know, the bipod, you know, means you could pop it off and on. I can see myself losing it some one of these days. So those are two of the items that you know I really that I think they both changed our season for the better. They also gave me this springbuck bipod, and it hooks to the same their same attachment, you know, a quick attachment from a uh, uh, Spartan Precision. So you could pop it on and off, and and I was I I was going to use it on a muzzleloader hunt, you know, I use it for a rifle, but. It gets you up pretty high, like stage sagebrush if you're shooting down in uh, certain areas, it can get you up to 38 inches. You know, right at the at the V, it's flexible, and you can actually get it all the way to the ground and shoot low off the ground. You know, you, it, the, the legs can flex all the way out.
2: Yeah, they have a silicone connection on the leg, so... Yeah. Uh, you can speed adjust them and set them to however ways apart you want there.
14: Yeah. So I would like to try this out some more. I, I never really, you know, we got it kind of right during the season. And while we, we, I would use it, you know, with the kids, I wanted to keep that more steady bipod, but I can see how it, it offers some flexibility for certain hunts. Like say like you're in some flats with a lot of sagebrush or offering some good opportunities and it's light enough that you can carry in your pack and they can be interchangeable at the same day, you know, so there's no reason not to carry both of them. And uh, a couple other uh, things that I like. One thing I have to shout out to is I actually had foot surgery this last year and I've had some foot problems the last few years. And I've been going through different boots and tons of uh, insoles. And I got, shoot, I got probably $4,000 in insoles. I bought the last two years custom insoles just to try to help my foot. Um, well, I got these Hoffman uh, Explorer light boots. They're actually out of Kellogg, so they're not too far from me in Coeur d'Alene. One of the uh, physical therapists I was talking to, he, he said, man, you got to try these boots. They gotta, they'd be perfect for you. They have a rocker in them, and they're really they're stiff, but they feel light enough. And anyways, I put them on, and I have a big insole that I stick in them. I got the wides. Man, it was like my foot fit right in them. You don't have to force your foot in them. And I didn't have to break them in. And In my last two seasons, my feet were just killing me. And actually, I use these boots a little bit last year, so I got a little bit more in them. As soon as I use these boots, I you know give me a lot more on my feet. They're the best boots I've actually ever put on my. I got and they're they're cheap too for what they are. They're like three hundred and thirty bucks, and uh, they're well made. I, I beat the crap out of them. I packed out. I, I think I packed out six bowls with them at this point. You know they offer a lot of support, but they're also they don't feel like you yeah, have big old clod hoppers in your feet either. Um, And they're a true six inch height. And to me, they're the perfect height. You know, they they don't, you know, you're not getting anything in your boots, but they're also not, uh, you're not losing your mobility either. So really good.
2: You know, especially for you guys up there, I mean, just having a good boot that you can grind around in. Sometimes you just get so used to boots fitting, not great, that you know, you just kind of push through it and then you finally, it's like a breakthrough. You finally get it and you're like, man, this is so awesome
14: right and i and i do a lot of rocks you know you're on a lot of side heels and rocks and they just offer the support and that rocker and right? there's a rocker in them it's just a slight rocker but that rocker takes so much pressure off my forefoot and i notice it When it happened i have a I have surgery on the second toe joint it takes pressure off through your forefoot you know when you're when you're walking it takes pressure off your foot so i i mean i i'd recommend that boot to anybody
2: i guess you got anything else you want to talk about from last season
14: yeah just a couple uh well one i did a review on it last year but we didn't really get we got it kind of late in the season it was a western edge gear pack um this guy makes youth packs and you know, obviously i got a lot of use um and we got a long a little longer version so it fit my uh she was 14 last year but she's my 15 year old it fit her and my girls are tall so my girls my, my one my 15 year old is five foot eight even my uh my 10 year old she's five foot four so they're kind of tall anyways packs for my kids have been a hard to come by and they, you know, they're always too big, you know, to get a pack that's big enough to actually pack. Well, this year, my my daughter Annabelle and my daughter Emmeline, she shot a she shot a really good buck in uh, across the canyon. I needed some help this year packing, and uh, this is the most they've ever packed. They loaded that pack up. They packed as much as I've had a couple of adults pack, you know. And the pack, it's kind of based almost I'd say it's a cross between a Kafaro and an Exo pack, and well made. It has a lot of uh, straps, so you can man it was able to secure that meat really well. It, it, it it's definitely uh, the only pack that I have found at it for youth, you know, that that they can effectively pack and they packed, I mean, a really good load and they, it, it definitely did really good this year. Really impressed with it.
2: Yeah. They make some great quality stuff and they're a great supporter of rock slide. They got that youth photo contest. Yeah. I think that's the hardest part when you have a small torso, you know, and you're making, you're forcing your kids to wear even like a woman's pack and it's not fitting very well and they're just uncomfortable and kids are uncomfortable. It just makes the trip a lot less fun for you. That's for sure.
14: Yeah. I mean, You know, one other thing I wanted to touch on was I've kind of uh, struggled with good sleeping bags in the last few years, but I got to use one uh, this year, Um, actually borrowed it. And it was a Western uh, Mountaineering Badger sleeping bag. That thing. It's a 15 degree bag, weighs two pounds, eight ounces, packs down pretty nice, but it kept me, I was in a zero degree temperature and then, and I felt good. And so it, it holds up to its temperature rating. I, I kind of have a, you know, big shoulders and I, and I felt like I had good room in that bag. That's one of the most comfortable bags I've ever been out Makes you kind of hard to get up in the morning though. Cause it's so comfortable.
2: Yeah. That's the same bag I use. And like you, I don't really like a mummy bag, but that's uh a generous cut on that, and it's warm. I got the overstuffed, I think. Yeah, I've had it well past 15. I use that bag for everything except super late season and super early season. So uh, super versatile, and it's just a high-quality product. I think I had mine, I don't know, maybe six years or something. Sleeping bags are expensive, so, you know. Yeah. If you're going to sh- shell the money out, you want to make sure that thing lasts, take care of it. Yeah, no, definitely. If you're not comfortable when you're in your sleep system and you're missing out on on rest at night, it can really affect your trip, especially if you've got a long, week-long 10-day trip or something.
14: Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely.
2: All right. You got anything else you want to mention?
14: There's a lot of stuff I did, but those are kind of the main things that I kind of thought about this year. Uh, you know, other than, uh, I mean, it's not really a new thing, but the Sig Kilo 2400 range grinder, that thing's awesome. You know, I know they have other items that are up to par with it now, but having to dial super quickly on when the animal might be moving and having to make that quick adjustments on the fly. That thing, like I said, we the girls killed four animals at pretty long ranges, and the animals weren't necessarily cooperating. You know, they weren't just standing still. You know, we had to wait for them to stop, and, and then they moved, and then we get on them again. And that rangefinder just has been—I mean, with that rifle and rangefinder setup, that rangefinder is dead nuts. I mean, when I said my first shot after I dialed it in a hundred, at going out to seventeen hundred yards and being just—I mean, perfect elevation is—I mean, that's just show. You know, it's got a good system, and I, I definitely—it's uh, very helpful.
2: For people that don't know, you know, you're up there in North Idaho, you're hunting a super thick kind of country. There's only certain places you can shoot that are open enough to get to work your shot in. And you have to execute when they're in that little teeny window in those little teeny clearings. That makes all the difference in the world.
14: Exactly. Another thing, I, I know I'm like throwing out things here, but I know there's people that are against them, but that 40 ELDM, man, that bullet is an elk slayer. You know, that bullet has done it for us. We, I don't even know how many bulls we've killed with them, and they're all one-shot kills. Um, really good bullet.
2: I think the conventional wisdom of just, you know, bullet construction and knowing how much velocity you need for that bullet to open up and do what you want it to do is is the biggest thing. And every year we're kind of educating ourselves as a general public and the days of the old core lock are pretty much gone. Especially if you're going to shoot a long distance, you need a bullet can do its job when it gets there. So,
14: yeah, no, agreed. I know you're going to, you want me to ask my favorite food I like to take in the backcountry. Yeah.
2: What you got for us?
14: Okay. I'm, I'm gluten-free and it's not by choice. I've been to my whole life. I've been celiac. So I've had to kind of deal with, you know, it's kind of hard to find food choices. But the one thing that I get the most energy from, it keeps me from cramps and everything is just the good old salami and cheese.
2: <laughs> salami and cheese.
14: And sometimes I'll get some uh, rice crackers or something to go with them. But that yeah, salami and cheese has done it for me. I, I definitely, I'll go half a day and then all of a sudden, man, I'm feeling like I, I don't get no energy. And I just, but eating that fat and that, you know, that cheese, I shoot, I feel like it get plenty of energy. And, and that's kind of my, just, that's my most number one go-to food that I eat.
2: Yeah. And there's quite a few others that also uh, was their go-to snack. But I mean, just something to look forward to when you're just grinding away is a, is a big thing too. I find in the backcountry, I always look forward to my snack. Tell me, I'm I'm going to make it to the top of the hill, then I'm going to eat that. It's kind of a little motivation. Oh, I,
14: I do. I, I try to go as much as long as I can. Whenever I'm hungry, I don't know why that stuff makes my mouth water so much. And if I know it's there, then I'm okay, I have something to look forward to. I, I try to save, make sure I have a good amount for when we're packing out, so I, you know, <laughs> save that energy for that pack out because I know it's going to be brutal.
2: <laughs> save it for the end. It's hard carrying around knowing it's in there, and you're you know you have to save it for the end too. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jim, I appreciate you making some time for us there, and no doubt we'll be catching up with you for 2024 and seeing uh, what kind of equipment you'll be testing and what kind of tags you got, so I look forward to it.
14: Yeah, no, it, yeah, I'm looking forward to and yeah, a good season coming up. I'm uh, This year was kind of a little bit chaotic, but I'm just looking forward to doing a lot more hunting this next year, so.
2: We'll catch up with you. All right, we got Randy Gurkey joining us now. How was your season, Randy?
14: Uh, very well.
1: Uh, didn't, uh, didn't kill anything, but I could have, uh, passed up a couple small bucks.
2: Uh, what was your favorite gear of, uh, 2023? Well, number
1: one would be the rock slide special. And for those that don't know what that is, it's a Tika 223 shooting a 77 TMK. Uh, Did a lot of research on it, been educating about it for, no, I don't know, a couple years now. And, uh, this year I got some training on it and, uh. It is an unbelievable system.
2: And if anybody wants to uh, check it out, I'll have a link to the ongoing thread. It's a massive beast, so uh, pack a lunch.
1: Yeah, uh, I checked today that don't know about it or haven't read it. It's uh, 280 pages, and this morning it was 5,600 posts.
2: Yeah, that's a a juicy uh, tidbit right there. What else for 2023 did you like?
1: Uh this year I went with a Stone Glacier ChillCute 15 degree bag. Uh very 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 nice sleeping bag. It's uh, super warm, comfortable, it's really roomy. You can uh kind of move around a lot in it. It's uh, very compressible and it's uh it's got a little I didn't have it in any any real wet weather, but it's uh treated down. So it is supposedly supposed to uh, handle water very well, very well made, very, very well made.
2: And you used the early season to uh, when your season ended, you used the same bag?
1: Well, I kind of used it all season. So had it down to, well, probably about 15, 15 degrees or so. And it's, I sleep warm anyway, but it was, uh, it's a very nice bag. I highly recommend it.
2: All right. I'm going to have to check out the stats on that. Anything else that piqued your interest for 2023?
1: Yeah, I got a couple other things. I use the Leica Geovid R Gen Two range finding binoculars. It there, it's absolutely great glass. I my eyes kind of like Leica glass, and uh, the range finder is very very simple on it. I've got over two thousand yards uh, ranging on it. And the one thing that I found this year is the battery life. I didn't have to replace the battery all year long. It's uh, it's got a really nice life.
2: Are those ten by forty twos?
1: Ten by forty twos. Yeah. Yeah, they're a skosh heavy, but very, very, very nice setup. Anything else? My last favorite of the year was uh, the Argali one-person Owyhee tent. Uh, it's an absolute great tent for backpack hunting. It's got a great footprint in it, It's uh, and it's really roomy for one person. You can run it with a fly only or with the insert weighs, I don't know, it's just over skosh over two pounds. And I had it on a sheep hunt uh, where we had pretty 40, 40, 45 mile an hour winds and it handled it just fine.
2: And that uses a trekking pole for the center pole?
1: Yes, sir. One pole. Did you have any failures? You know, as someone else had once said on one of the threads on Rockslide, they choose their gear really carefully and research it. So being a member of Rockslide, that's kind of what I do all year long is research gear and see what others are using and take the good with the bad. I do quite a bit of research and uh I choose wisely. However, I'm still looking for that perfect sleeping pad. Uh this year I had a uh Sea to Summit Ether Light XT. It checks all the box except for I slept four nights with it flat and I had to patch it three different times. So, you know whether it's the mat's fault or not, I can't say for sure, but I always have a ground cloth underneath it and uh it just didn't hold up.
2: Yeah, there's nothing worse than not being able to get a great night's sleep when you're out and about and you got to get up early.
1: No, it uh, I was pretty disappointed in it actually. So, and it's not the only one. Like I said, I've had others and they just I'm still looking for that perfect one, Sam.
2: All right, buddy, you got any favorite meals?
1: Uh, I am a Peak Refuel guy. All their stuff is really good, but my favorite of Peak is uh the biscuits and gravy which I think there's probably a lot of other people agree with that. Uh, The one thing I, the other one I did try this year and I had listened to a podcast, and this guy uh, highly recommended was uh, the Rice Krispies treat with peanut butter. So you can get the individually wrapped treats and then you can get the peanut butter in a squeeze tube, squeeze it on there, and it's a, it actually, it might kind of sound weird, but it's, it's damn good.
2: Man, it sounds good.
1: Yeah, it's really good and then the other uh, i guess honorable mention is I uh, the hydro pack makes a it's called a stow stow it's a 500 milliliter flask my other kind of favorite staple is to have a little bit of whiskey and cigar at in, in the evening after the meal
2: it's a plastic whiskey flask
1: hydro pack they make uh, a lot of other water carriers and they're literally bombproof and this little flask is really nice so when you're done with it you can uh, it just folds up to nothing and you don't have to put whiskey in it you can put whatever but it holds my Pendleton
2: all right Randy sounds awesome moving on we caught up with Mike Moore he's going to tell us about his 2023 season welcome to the show Mike thanks a lot Sam you have any favorite gear for
15: 2023 yeah I've got a couple little things here uh I guess the first one I mentioned it's a new piece from Sitka It's uh, the Sitka Ambient, which isn't new, but it's the UL, I'm assuming ultralight is what it stands for. Anyways, it's an active insulation layer. Saw it pop up. It's like, I got to try that out. I want to say that I got it maybe like early September. It was after my sheep hunt for sure, so after August, but I've been wearing it a lot. I've taken it out hunting quite a bit, and uh, I'm hiking almost daily here around town when I'm not hunting or something so I've got a lot of time on it but it's similar uh, to the ambient in that it uses the same type of insulation but it's a lighter insulation and a lighter garment also uses some uh, body mapping uh, grid fleece stuff like under the arms and a few different places so you know to kind of help it breathe a bit better what I found is is that it's a little bit of a niche piece in that, uh, you know, I could probably, for the most part, get by with the regular ambient. This UL version, you know, especially if you lived, you know, maybe like in the southeast, southwest, where you have a little warmer than normal temperatures where you're hunting and stuff, you could probably get by with this one. I've found that, for warmer stuff, uh, I mean, this is a nicer piece. I mean, it's just lighter insulation when you don't need as much when you're moving. It, it breathes really well, but it definitely has limitations. If it gets too cold, I mean, I have to piece. And um, I think it would uh, appeal to a lot of folks. Let me see if I've got some stuff here. Yeah, it's got 40% less insulation. It's 100 grams for the regular ambient, 60 grams for this. And you know, because of that, it's roughly, you know, 40% lighter too. It weighs just a little over eight ounces for this piece. So that's pretty light. Packs up small too. I don't have a review on that one yet, but there is going to be a review probably fairly soon because I've got a lot of time on that thing. So I just got a couple little things to work out. So uh, stay tuned for that. The other piece I'm going to mention, I just recently uh, did a review on is a shelter. It's the Hillyberg Nyack. It's uh, relatively light. I wouldn't call it ultra light, two person tent. I've had it for maybe a little over two years now, and literally have used it all four seasons. I've used it in the winter, I've used it in the summer. And when it, I took it up to the Brooks Range with me for my sheep hunt for 12 days up there. It's a two man, and it's, I guess, legitimately two man in that you can fit two. Uh, 20 inch pads, but um, I use it as a solo tent. It's a lot of room for one and room for gear that maybe you want inside, not in the vestibule, your rifle or whatever. So I think it serves a little better as a roomier one person than it does a two, but it would do two in a pinch. The main reason I got it is uh, when I talked to the outfitter before my trip, they have some shelters up there, some pretty decent shelters, but I, I want to say it was two years ago. It might have been when uh, Jordan went up there, but and he said it was a little bit of a freak storm, no doubt, but they had some 50, 60-mile-an-hour winds, and they they shredded a couple shelters. You know, this was a once-in-a-lifetime hunt for me, so the last thing I wanted to do was worry about a shredded shelter. So I started looking, and this is what I came up with. You know, fortunately, I didn't have that kind of weather, but um, I have had it in some pretty rough weather. It It, it does good. It does good with snow. It does good with wind. Vestibule could be a little tiny, bigger, few little nits and picks on it, but uh, for the most part, a, a pretty solid shelter. It's uh, from the factory. I think it's a little under four pounds, which, you know, is fairly light for a two person tent, not super extra light, but pretty light. I've added little things to kind of beef it up, little heavier guy lines, little longer stakes, which adds a little bit more weight, but not a lot. I've got a review on that one if you want to throw up a link to that when you get a chance. And guys haven't seen it already.
2: It's a pretty bomber shelter. You get a little uh, extra weight you're carrying around. Have you had it out in the warmer weather? It Does it condensate a lot in there or no?
15: You know, it actually does pretty good with condensation. It's a, it's a true double wall shelter. So it's got a, a fly and an inner. The inner is maybe a half to two thirds fabric and then netting you know, where a lot of summer shelters are all netting, I think Helleberg sells an all netting inner. So, I mean, if you were looking to use it in the summer, that probably, that inner one would probably be a little better. To be honest, I mean, if it's summer, summertime, I've, I've got some really light shelters and I mean, I'm more apt to grab that. Uh, but I have used it in the summer and, you know, it, it works. You know, if a guy was looking to get like one shelter for all four seasons, I mean, this would be a good pick. So. Do you have a favorite snacker mill? meal? I'll plug peak refuel, I mean for suppers uh you know some are better than others, but I mean, I've never really had a bad one. I like the fact that it's high calorie. I like the fact it's a lot of protein. I like the fact that I mean they taste pretty darn good too versus I, I think they're all starting to get a little better you know the old days twenty years ago the freeze dry stuff would you know left a little bit to be desired but uh peak refuel's pretty darn good. Somebody said try their breakfast stuff I usually go with, you know, hot cereal and a cup of uh, souped up coffee, but uh, I did get a couple of their breakfast meals. Uh, I think one's biscuit and gravy and the other one is kind of like a an egg scramble. And honestly, those are both really good. <laughs> um, I don't know. It just seems like it, I can do the hot cereal thing a little quicker. I'm usually pressed for time, but if you're not pressed for time, the breakfasts are pretty good too. So I never had any of their breakfasts and yeah, they're good. I I will mention my uh my coffee. It's uh, it might not be like the best tasting coffee, but uh, a lot of my stuff is geared to like packing calories as high as I can for as least amount of weight. But I was making it myself. It's uh, you know basically instant coffee um, when I was making it, along with some um, coconut oil powder, and with that. Some, yeah, powdered butter, you know, two things I never knew that they made powdered. One of those things that keto guys supposedly use for breakfasts is, you know, because they're okay with fat, but they don't like carbohydrate.
2: Bullet of coffee.
15: Yeah, exactly. That's it. But anyway, so I was making my own and then somebody said, well, you know, they, there's an outfit that makes it in little packets and stuff. And, um, shoot, I didn't write that down. So now I'm, Maybe I can get that to you later, the name of it. But <laughs> anyways. They do make it in little packets, and I mean, I wouldn't say it's much different than what I made, but it's a lot easier. It's already in little packets. You just rip it off, add uh, boiling or hot water, and give it a good stirring, and you know, I think it's like 200 calories in a cup of coffee, so anyways. Instant Bullet Coffee. I'll
2: add the link when we get it, and then I'll be looking it up. I guess we'll just keep up with you throughout the 2024 season, see what you're up to, and see what gear you're reviewing this year. Sounds good, Sam. Thanks for having me on. All right, guys, we caught up with Josh Boyd. He's going to tell us a little about his 2023 season. Hey, Sam, how's it going? It's going pretty good.
16: All right, yeah. So you want to hear about some top-performing pieces of gear that I used in 2023, right? What are your uh, favorite gear picks for 2023 there? Not in any particular order, I guess, would be number one is the new bagara b14 squared crest that's a mouthful to spit out but it's a heck of a nice rifle it comes in a 20 inch barrel and i had mine chambered in a 6.5 prc it comes chambered in other cartridges like the 7 prc a 300 win mag a 6.5 creedmoor and a 308 so there's some long action rounds and there's some short action rounds And uh, the rifles trim. It's fairly lightweight, you know, seven-ish pounds uh, unscoped. But the short barrel, that short 20-inch barrel, is pretty incredible to pack around. Stock, super comfortable. It's lightweight. Shoots well. I liked everything about that rifle. I haven't written a review yet, but it's coming shortly.
2: Sounds like a great review. This little short-barreled rifle seems to be something that would be right up your alley hunting these dark pine north slopes.
16: Yeah, it's great and heavy timber. It's just quick pointing. You know, you can put a shorter suppressor on there, and it works fairly well. With a short suppressor, I put a 5-inch. Thunder Beast on mine, part of the year, and loved the way it handled. It felt like a regular length rifle at that point. The short barrel's great in this heavy timber. It's great to carry around, and it's easy to point and easy to shoot.
2: I like them. And you never felt uh, disadvantaged for those longer shots?
16: I did lose a little velocity with that shorter barrel, but it wasn't anything significant. You know, maybe 100 feet per second over like a 22-inch barrel, it seemed like, but nothing dramatic, and I could compensate pretty easily. I don't shoot ultra long range and that 6.5 PRC has fairly zippy. So, you know, it felt like, you know, I wasn't losing a whole lot of uh, energy downrange. Pretty straightforward trade-off, a little
2: handier gun for a little less speed.
16: Yep. And so one of the other things I used this year that I really liked, and I wrote a review on this as well, it's the Peaks Solitude teepee. I use that throughout the spring and did a review on it this summer, and I use it quite a bit this fall when the weather turned cold and the snow got kind of deep. You know, it has the ability to run a, a stove in there. It has a really nice floor that you can pitch before you pitch the teepee, which is pretty nice. It has great features, you know, like the two zippered doors on both sides. They've got that nice arc. Got a lot of guy outs. It does well in the wind. Um, just a fantastic design and a, a great teepee for folks looking to purchase a teepee especially like a two-man style teepee with that'll house gear and a stove it's a it's a great
2: piece came on tipsy tuesday and told us a little about it before and the, my biggest takeaway was that it has a lot of features for kind of a priced well
16: it is and it's a it's a well-featured and it's fairly light that's that's another nice thing about it it's it's a great teepee I'd say check it out if you're in the market.
2: Yeah, and I'll link your homepage review there and the Tipsy Tuesday that we did. So, uh, Moving on, was there something else? This one is another reviewed article, but it was reviewed not by
16: me, but Justin Crossley. Uh, It's the XO K4 pack with the 5000 bag. I love that bag. I love that frame. It's probably the the best pack I've used to date as far as comfort-wise carrying heavy loads. There's just something about that belt and the lumbar and the weight transfer from the frame into the hips. It just carried things really well, really comfortably. Easy to adjust, easy to get the bag on and off. It's not overly strappy. That's just a great pack and I'm in love with it. I can't, yeah, I can't wait to use it again next year. Be checking it out. I know
2: it's been getting a lot of love from a lot of people.
16: Yeah, and it's for good reason. It's a legit carrying pack. I've used and tried a few of their other packs. I've borrowed them, but in, you know they carried okay. I had a hard time keeping them on my hips. This one, I did not have a problem keeping up on my hips and it just locks right into that my lower back. Super comfortable. It's just amazing how well it transfers that weight down to your hips.
2: And I'll be linking uh, Justin's article in the show notes too. All right, you want to talk about uh, some new clothing you tried?
16: Yeah, the last thing I'd probably mention would be the Sitka Intercept pant. It's uh, kind of a wool blended piece. It's got some grid backer. It's got hip vents on the you know kind of on the back of the thigh. It's a great pant. I loved it. I wore it a lot this spring. Actually, I wore it quite a bit previous year when it was still kind of in the testing phase. And then I got to use the production model this spring and I wore it all into the fall. It's a great piece. It's super comfortable. It's It's a replacement for the Apex pant. The Apex pant had a different material and it tended to kind of fuzz out a little bit, and the pattern kind of got broken up a yeah, little diluted. bit. Yeah, Yeah, and just kind of the durability of the Apex wasn't quite the same as this fabric that's in the Intercept. That was a big hit this year for me as well, was that pant.
2: And you would classify it as a like a mid-season pant? Yeah. I wore it from
16: early September all the way into mid-October, and there was some other stuff I was wearing at the as well kind of mixed in there but it's a solid mid-season pant it could get you later into the season too if you threw some uh, base layer underneath but it's a great pant for most of the hunting that I do you know when I think of that it's early to mid-september to
2: later october around here that covers the majority of most people's seasons I would say yeah for sure and you want to close out with a snack or a meal so this year I was using a lot of
16: gastronome products it's a freeze-dried company out of Bozeman one of the my go to's was their peach cobbler their hot peach cobbler with ice cream obviously the ice cream's not going to be like ice cream but it gives it a kind of a creamy taste um i use that uh for my a lot of breakfasts um i'd throw it in for like i would throw up my pack take it out into the field after a couple hours of glassing or calling or taking a break i'd fire up my stove and just make some hot cobbler. It was awesome. I mean, it's, I can't remember what the calorie count on it. So it seems like it's 600 calories or something like that, but it, it's a good meal replacement if you want a, a sweet warm breakfast or it's a great dessert in the evenings when you're back at camp. That's my uh, favorite snack.
2: Yeah. It sounds awesome. Especially on those cold mornings when you're just trying to glass, wait for the sun to come up, man, I'm going to have to try it out.
16: Yeah. It's nice to heat it up, shove it inside your coat and pull it out a little bit later when it's all rehydrated, ready to go, and it keeps you kind of warm. Yeah, nice warm snack. It's perfect.
2: And I like hearing about some of these newer companies coming out like GastroNome, just kind of seeing what they have to offer too. You can never uh, try enough freeze-dried food, I know that.
16: Yeah, their entrees are pretty pretty spectacular. She's got a, like a sausage rigatoni that's like, poof, that's my favorite entree right now. It's pretty legit. It's great flavor. And real ingredients in it too.
2: All right, Josh, I appreciate you giving us a heads up on uh, this fantastic food. I'm going to be trying some out going into next year. All right, moving on. We caught up with Jared Bloomgren. Welcome to the show, Jared.
0: Hey, how's it going today? It's It's been kind of crazy catching up with you, this getting close to holidays and
5: whatnot.
2: Yeah, I'm glad you made a little time. First of year, we're getting ready to roll this thing out. I guess tell us a little bit about your 2023 season. You know, it's been a uh... A crazy season
0: it's winding down at here at the end just before christmas and filled my last tag oh, about a week and a half ago but it's been a really epic fall for me you know starting out in uh, late august i uh, was able to capitalize on a, a great antelope buck which led me into uh, the deer season taking a great whitetail buck with bow and then right into the montana elk season taking a great bull and then shifted gears a little bit at that time and went into the rifle season. Montana took a really good mule deer, uh, took my son out, got an antelope with rifle. And then we got into the deer seasons in South Dakota. Um, my son, it was his first year as being 12 years old and having buck tags. And he was able to take his first mule deer and his first whitetail in South Dakota. And then we got right into muzzleloader season going on right now. I just filled my last tag here a week and a half ago. And. And we're still out doing a little muzzleloader hunting now. But it's been a really busy fall, a great fall. It's probably one of my better falls that I've had as far as drawing tags and getting animals on the ground. So it's, it's been it's been great.
2: Yeah, I've been following you on Insta for a while. And, uh, yeah, you you've put some amazing animals on the ground. But, you know, you spent a lot of time in the field. And uh, along those lines, we kind of want to talk about it. What's your favorite piece of gear, you think, for 2023? Oh, geez. You know,
0: that's a really hard question because we are all of us as hunters and outdoorsmen we have so many tools that we use and sometimes it can be really hard to narrow it down to what is your best piece of gear for the entire season and you know you a lot of the gear isn't as good as if you're not pairing it with some of your other gear and it all kind of goes together and complements one another but Having to pick one piece of gear, I suppose if you take my hunting gear off the list, uh, take my clothing, my boots off the list and put me in a loincloth and, and still be out there bow hunting, I'd have to give the edge probably to my archery tackle because, you know, that's what's really making it happen outside of the skills of getting close to the animal.
2: I love archery. I know uh, you, you kind of are one of those guys that get to trade and try the new stuff every year. And Why don't you tell us about, a little about what you shot last year?
0: So this last season, I had two bows set up. It was uh, the PSE Fortis 30 and the PSE Omen. And I had them each set up for a little different scenarios, what style of hunting I'm doing. The PSE Omen I had set up, 70-pound draw, and I use that bow more in the, the open plains when I'm hunting mule deer and, and antelope because it's a little bit faster, a little bit more forgiving as far as flat shooting. And it's just raw performance is really nice when you're in the open country uh, sometimes longer shots. And then uh, the PSE Fortis 30, uh, shorter axle to axle bow, um, not slow by any means, but just doesn't have quite the performance of the omen. I use that during sitting in tree stands or ground blinds, as well as in the elk woods, getting in, uh, in the tight areas. That shorter axle to axle has been really beneficial me using it you know some guys don't like that shorter axle to axle but for me i'm not an incredibly tall guy not really long arms by any shot of imagination but that those shorter bows just do really well for me
2: PSE was on my favorites list this year too i went with the mach 34 It was my first PSE bow ever to me they're just got a lot of innovation coming out and pairing that with a lot of their old school technology with like the ec cams that's just a great shooting bow it really
0: is. You know, the only reason I didn't pick up that 34 this year is I don't like to get much past uh 33-inch axle to axle bowl. I like to stick 32 and under. Um, so that's why I went with uh, the Fortis and the Ullman this year. But going into this next season, I have their, their new Mach 30 now. Uh, Carbon bowl. they just introduced that here the last, oh, month, month and a half. And That thing's a shooter too. The PSE has really stepped up the game uh, the last few years. I've been shooting them since I was 10 years old. So going on 35 years of shooting PSE, they've definitely made some advancements.
2: Not to beat on the PSE bandwagon here, but, you know, even the improvements they made on the 30 from the 34, a lot of cool little features, little upgrades that I kind of wish the 34 had.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I I think you'll see that coming down the pipe.
2: Moving on. What else uh, during 2023 did you find uh, really invaluable during your hunting season?
0: So I did have a chance, you know, I've never really been ingrained with getting a chance to use a lot of different packs that are on the market. I know there's a lot of great companies out there that make some phenomenal packs for the backcountry. And, you know, I've never really stepped into the game of using these high-end packs. But I did have a chance to start testing and trying out some packs about two years ago now. And they really started coming on strong as ACAC they came out with two packs I first they used their Gen 1, the Alpha 3200. And it had some downfalls, had some issues, um, addressed those issues, uh, wrote an article on Rockslide about it. And they did listen to the end user, uh, various people out there using that pack, and they came out with a Gen 2 in that Alpha 3200 that uh, addressed a lot of those things that were shortfalls of the pack and, and really pushed out a great pack for the price point. And then just this last year, they followed it up with uh, a bigger pack, the Climax 5400, and I used that on extended elk hunts this year, carrying a lot of weight. And the downfall is I don't have a lot of experience with a lot of different packs out there, but I'm thoroughly happy with how these packs perform for me compared to what I've been using in the past. And they definitely changed my, I wouldn't say style of hunting, but it definitely changed my comfort level a little bit. So I I definitely was very appreciative of using those this year. Both of those are also reviewed on the Rockslide webpage as well.
2: Yeah, I read your review there on the AKEC, and I do think you're right. It's a pretty impressive pack. Sometimes we don't give these newer companies their due um, when they try to break out. But like you, I can appreciate the fact, you know, they had a little bit of growing pains. They addressed their issues and came out bigger and better when they put out their Gen 2, and I can't wait to see what they're going to put out next.
0: Absolutely. Uh, they There's a testament to a company that listens to the users out there and and acts as fast as they did and address some of the shortfalls that they had early on.
2: You got anything else that really stood out for you uh, last season?
0: I'm using a lot of the Vortex optics, been using those for years. Really started using the UHD binoculars the last season and a half. I was a little surprised by how well that UHD in the razor line did over the, the original razor. And both my wife and I are using those. And that UHD glass, it, I didn't think it would get much better, but I'm really happy to say that UHD does make a difference. After you spend some time behind it and switch around and, and go back to the non-ultra high definition glass, there is a difference there. But you know, optics, a lot of choices out there too, and, and I feel these higher end optics is something that you need out in the field, if you're, especially if you're going to be spending a lot of hours behind that glass. So, plenty some of those vortex optics I've been using this year definitely gives me the edge as well.
2: Vortex, you know, they get a little flack now and again, but I think the big thing with Vortex, they try to make a, a quality product for every price point. So if, when you're looking at their lower end stuff, it's not obviously going to be as good as their higher end stuff, but it's not meant to be and it's meeting the price point. But when you get to that upper end stuff, like you talk about that UHD, I mean, you know, I run some Swaros, but that's, they're definitely right there on the, on the cusp of that. They're just a great bino at fair price, I think.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That price is something you, you can't balk at the price that they put out there. And, and like you said, it's there's price points for everybody out in the field, and, and they're not quite like some of the Swarovskis by any means. But I have found, and I've had a chance to get behind some Swarovs in the past, and they are definitely nice. But um, so far, the Vortex is working out great for me
2: just like anything else, you got to be where you are in in life. And if you're not spending as many days in the field, you know, sometimes I wonder if I can justify some of the stuff I have just, you know, I don't get out as much as I wish I could.
0: Yeah, that's I think that's a common thing for most everybody anymore.
2: Uh, What else did you try out in 2023 there? Comfort is a big thing in the backcountry. Early on,
0: oh, many years ago, before I got to know what a really good boot felt like, You know you're ending up with bloody heels blisters on your feet and you're you're fighting through a lot of the hunts and i've been lucky enough to start using some lathrop and sons boots where you know they send the carbon imprint to you you give your imprints of your feet you trace your feet they send it back and they go through this really scientific process of figuring out how to get a boot to fit your your foot the right way and the boots that i'm using the mountain hunter elites they did great for me this year Um, having a boot that's custom fit to my foot and hearing some of the things that the lathrop said about my feet is things i've never heard before and it's kind of interesting to to whittle down on issues you have with your feet that maybe you didn't know you had before but those boots done really well for me whether it's in the plains of the Dakotas to the mountains of Wyoming to Montana. Comfort, again, is very sought after for me, and those boots are doing a great job.
2: Yeah, I think you make a great point. When you spend as many days in the field as you do, your feet are the number one thing you have to worry about. And if you know you have some kind of problem, a foot problem, you just can't get out there and grind out the miles that you've been needing to put on to, to harvest these animals. So for sure, definitely a, a consideration I had uh, Steven on from Land Church and Sons on Tipsy Tuesday, and he's just a great guy. I mean, that's just a great shop. If you got questions, even maybe you're not using all their product, I'd definitely give them a call and let them know You know what your current boots are doing to your feet and ask them if they have any recommendations and, and then go from there. But I do think the easiest, the end all be all is to take the imprint of your foot, send it to them and have them look at it and then custom fit you up a boot like you did
0: absolutely steven and james they're they're stand-up guys and they really care about what they do for people and and down the line when they're talking to somebody looking at the boots and and i've heard people do them who just have questions about boots and they're always stand-up guys and always answering questions even if it's somebody not buying a boot from them and you can tell they take the care to the next level and they they truly do care about the people using their
2: boots. for the last question what kind of clothing what kind of gear were you running this last season Throughout
0: the season it all changes, you know, from early season to mid season to late season. But been using Cryptic and Oh gosh, I could go into dozens of different pieces that I use throughout the season, but their company, like a lot of the other hunting clothing companies out there, they have anything for you that you need, whether it's early season, mid or late, but using their products and layering as the seasons go on, but still keeping the agility that I need without bulking up has always been nice. Still love using their alios pants, uh, the Kronos Half the zip hoodie and their uh, cat dog vest um, has always been some of my go-tos. It seemed like they go on every hunt with me.
2: Yeah, they make some really high-end stuff. I usually chat them up when I get out to the show and see them there. You know, and to me, being a veteran-owned company is a pretty big deal. And they're constantly trying to innovate. Every year they're bringing out something new, trying to change up their lineup and, and do something different. And I can appreciate a company just trying to continue to get better
0: yeah trying to keep up with the Joneses, as they say you know now they're starting to get into the waterfowl line with their new camo pattern that they have out called flyway and then um, more geared towards whitetail hunting the skyfall camo they have out now and so they are definitely expanding and trying to hit the market as a whole and maintain competitive edge on what they're offering
2: all right you got anything else to add before we try to move on what your favorite meal or snack was so I would have to
0: say jerky that I take with me is always clutch when it comes to the back country, especially if it's something that I prepared myself and, and made with the kids or it's uh, peanut butter, honey and bacon sandwiches.
2: Peanut butter and honey and bacon sandwiches. You eat that on a bagel or a regular bread or how do you do it?
0: regular bread and by the time sometimes you get to it it's it's pretty rock hard after it's been in there for almost a week in your pack getting squished but it, it still gives you, a, you know, a little bit of the sweet your carbs and still got a little bit of the protein in there too
2: yeah and it's a pretty good energy boost just the whole combination that yeah it, you might look at it and think oh, that doesn't look like it's something i should eat but it never fails
0: me
1: you pursue them you cherish them and now it's time to protect them This is the Mule Deer Foundation. Our mission is the conservation of mule deer, black-tailed deer, and their habitats, the heart and soul of the West. Join the herd today and help us preserve the legacy of these majestic creatures for generations to come. Your membership supports essential conservation projects, research initiatives, and educational programs that secure a future for mule deer and black-tailed deer. Our Deer. Our heritage. Our responsibility. Don't just witness their journey. Be a part of it. Join the herd.
2: Together, we can make a difference. Visit muledeer.org today. All right, moving on. We caught up with Les Welch. He's here to tell us a few of his favorite pieces of gear. Welcome to the show, Les. Hey, how are you doing tonight, man? Pretty good. Pretty good. What stood out for you in uh, 2023? So actually...
17: One of my favorite pieces, I tested a lot of different equipment over the summer, did some summits and stuff, and it's the Option Canyon Pounder. It really was heads and tails above really any other site I've shot. And I wasn't expecting it, which was a really nice surprise. I did the five pin, I custom built it, and I got it fairly late into the game uh, probably early August, but I knew within, um, you know, just a couple hours of shooting it, that that was going to be my go-to. Um, I think I had a dozen, 14 different sites here this summer that I was testing and trying out. And, uh, I, it was a no brainer within arrows. I knew that it was going to be the Canyon Ponder for this year. So yeah, I lugged it around, uh, three months out in the mountains and I've been going here now with it for another month and a half. And I still got a month and a half to go and absolutely love that thing.
2: Yeah. I think it's uh, pretty revolutionary. Just the uh, pin being centered inside the site housing as you can move it up and down pretty impressive
17: yeah it's it's super neat and i like the fold away option uh which is super cool i did build the five pin uh do it again i would probably run a four maybe even a three uh probably a three but just wanted to try that five pin and um i'm running the bridge lock version of it so it actually is you know mounted through the center of my matthews so that's that's it's neat uh, i'm really really impressed with that site
2: what else stood out to you for uh
17: 2023 so <laughs> it's the g5 mega meat and the dead meat V2, I should say as well, because that's my elk, that was my elk go-to head this year. But I've shot a number of deer now with this mega meat. And I shot expandables for 10, 12 years, you know, years ago. And then uh, when I helped Bill Vanderheiden launch the Iron will. They're doing those. That very first review and and testing and stuff. I've been shooting those ever since. And just wanted to like expand the horizons again. And so I shot a lot of broadheads this year again. And even late last season, which was still 2023, um, but it was early January in our late season here in Wisconsin. I shot some deer with that uh, mega meat, and I just I'm blown away. I was a little nervous about the big cutting diameter and severe steep angles, and I've actually shot a couple of deer that would it takes away all questions i've had so pretty stoked about it
2: you have to look into those i'm always looking for the next best broadhead myself you know it's just that confidence level going into the field it just makes you shoot better i think
17: it does absolutely and i man i've never seen blood trails like i've killed i think five deer with this head now you always hear people say that you dumped a red paint can but i I literally so you'll see in this upcoming uh, Matthew's lift review and, and on our YouTube and stuff, the blood trails on some of these, and, and they're legitimately six feet wide, uh, three feet minimum up to six plus feet wide, just blood blows. It's, it's incredible.
2: Yeah. It sounds pretty amazing.
17: Anything else you want to close out with uh, from 2023? You know, the Matthew's lift should be in on this, but that review is going to drop here pretty soon uh, at rock And then we'll have a bunch of stuff on, on the YouTube and stuff too. So, you know, look for that because it's an amazing new rig. Don't know where it falls in there, you know. Top one or two items for me would be, you know, for sure. And it's, it's definitely the best Matthews I've ever shot. You know, I've shot every one they've made since 92, and uh, this one is incredible. No, you know, a lot of good gear out there. So we could talk literally for hours about the different gear that I tested this year and used and, and was really happy with. But those are the ones that are, you know, right up there at the top.
2: All right. How about a favorite snack or meal you found this year?
17: I used to be an ounce counter. Well, actually, a tenth of a gram counter. I'd weigh everything out to a tenth of a gram. And uh, throughout the years and the thousands of miles on the feet, I, I just have I've regressed and went back to not caring about weight, but being comfortable and really enjoying my food. And the last couple of years, my favorite thing is I literally will take in, even though I'm backpacking in and I'll be in for a week, I'll take a three or four inch chunk of summer sausage, a three inch chunk of pepper jack, and a small roll of crackers for lunch every day. I get meat, cheese, and crackers, and I, I, that is literally literally my go-to i love it and then of course i gotta have my dark chocolate just
2: because i'm a freak yeah you're not the first one to mention packing a little extra weight and bringing the summer sausage along and i do i think you know that's just something to look forward to in those long stretches especially around lunchtime where it's kind of laxed but you still need a little pick-me-up
17: I used to be, you know, really, really simplistic with, with my breakfast, with my snacks throughout the day. And then, you know, the typical mountain house or peak refuel at dinner time. And I still do that mountain house or or peak refuel, but man, I really, really enjoy my breakfast now and my lunches and my snacks. It just, it's it's easier to keep the mental game strong and and keep the energy up when you got, you know, good, real food that's power in the body instead of the, the garbage.
2: Yeah. Something to look forward to is definitely important when you're out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. We caught up with Ross Russell, and he's going to tell us a little bit about his 2023 season. Welcome. Yeah, hi Sam.
18: I'm Ross Russell, and I'm the old man. I think of Rockslide. Turt hit 60 this year and retired, and so I have a few favorite gear items. I did have a knee replacement, so I didn't purchase much. Uh, but my first favorite item is my tried and true Tika 7M. Been with me 20 years this year. Top with a Leopold. Four point five to fourteen uh scope, I will say my father recently passed away, and I keep it simple. His thought was always the kiss principle, keep it simple, stupid, <laughs> so I like that,
2: yeah, me too. That's some good advice, you know, and I think we get so caught up with with everything around us we forget to just go out there hunt and just enjoy it, yes,
18: indeed, so. If I have something that's tried and true, I'm really not gonna explore any new options. I'll just go with it. So I hunted elk and deer in North Idaho this year. Had a few opportunities on both, but nothing worth touching a round off. Uh, so I ate both tags. This gun with the scope comes in at seven and a half pounds. So. Not super lightweight, but light enough that it, it doesn't pound the old body too much.
2: Yeah, I remember when I first joined Rockslide and you had a ticket and I was like, I'd never even heard of that. You were like an early adapter of the ticket now. It's like the Rockslide special.
18: Uh, one of my longtime friends actually brought that up for me 20 years ago when I was looking to get rid of my old Woodstock rifle. He's like, hey, you should check these guys out. They're kind of new on the marketplace. And so I went for it and have had no uh, issues
2: with it over 20
18: years. So,
2: close your eyes and swing for a home run that's what i say pretty
18: much it has plenty of scars on that stock that's for sure
2: what else do you find that you really enjoyed during the 2023 season so my crispy boots i started running them
18: about six or seven years ago did a review on rock slide on my first pair had the nevada gtxs um, and they have just continued to fit my feet really well so I continue to use the Crispy Boots. I have both the Nevadas, and then I picked up the, looks like a Wild Rock GTX that has a little more insulation for later in the season. Excellent support for myself, very waterproof. I don't get a ton of years off them, but uh, they always fit my feet right out of the box, so I just stick with them.
2: Tried some Wild Rocks myself last year. I think they had 800 uh, grams of insulation or something. Yeah, they're, they're super warm.
18: Yep. Do very well, uh, both pairs, so I, I definitely just stay with them. Uh, money well spent, as we know, for our,
2: our feet and our boots. Yeah, if your feet aren't happy, you're not going very far, I know that. What, what
18: else you got for us? So the one purchase I did have was a pair of, uh, for late season, kind of late October, November pants, I got some Kuyu Axis pants. Very good mid-season, late-season pants when the, the weather turns nasty. They have a waterproof panel on the seat and the lower legs. I found in the days of uh, the 20s, low 30s, various types of precip. Here in North Idaho, they dried out really well. Kept me comfortable. Could sit down in the snow, and I didn't get up soaking wet. And the other thing I found is they dry out super fast, and they didn't get that clammy feeling uh, when you were getting sweaty. Uh, Because they dried out so quick. So I really like those two pants for late season.
2: Yeah, and I think that Northwest, Northwood, you know, that's a whole different world from the rest of West, kind of, with all the moisture. So You can pretty much count on every
18: other day or every day being wet or damp or something. So, yes, indeed.
2: (laughs) Hmm. All right. You want to give an honorable mention? Uh, You want to talk about your giant pile of calls you bought? (laughs) Well... Uh, speaking of that so
18: when uh cory jacobson went out uh, i guess there was some issue online i saw that he wasn't going to have his calls available i'm a big fan of the call he puts out challenger Reed. i think it is so it does very very well for me but i went out and bought i think like 10 of them to stockpile for the future
2: stocking up when there's any question you you got to go with what works for sure
18: that's that's right
2: Yep. Did you have a favorite Miller snack? Well, that's my tried and true Snicker
18: bar, the extra extra large size. When I need a little extra energy, I go to the Snicker bar. That's about it for my favorite snack. <laughs>
2: <laughs> hey, nothing wrong with that. All right, buddy. I hope you get feeling a little better. All right. Sounds good, Sam. Appreciate it. All right. Moving on, we have Tony Treach with us. He's going to lay out his 2023 favorites. Welcome to the show, Tony. Hey,
19: nice to be here, Sam. Thanks for having me.
2: So what did you find, what was your uh, number one piece of gear for 2023?
19: Number one was probably a new bow sight that uh, Option Archery uh, came out with in 2023. It's called the Canyon Pounder, and besides the goofy name, covers all the bases for me in a movable uh, pin sight. Like like the other Option Archery sights, Dan Evans gives you the option of either shooting a single pin or shooting uh, multi-pins. Uh, the biggest difference between this new Canyon Pounder and the option 4, 6, and 8 that he made before is the pin pin stays centered when you're in single pin mode whereas before the housing was stationary and the rover pin uh, or the, whatever you want to call it the single pin would move up and down inside the housing therefore giving you a sight picture with with a pin that's not always centered in the housing and it, as soon as i switched over to this it was dramatic instant better art accuracy for me i, I knew it had been hurting me for a while but i love the, the versatility of that sight so much the option series that you know i just kept waiting hoping that damn come out with one centered Uh, rover pin. And sure enough, uh, we've got it now. And like everything else, he makes bomb proof without being heavy, really. I can't see, I can't find anything on it that I'd want to change.
2: I'm going to have to check it out. I actually looked at it a little bit and I could see, you know, your eye naturally centers to your housing. So having the, the pin in the center would really help you out. And the further you shoot, if you slide that pin down in the housing, you're really squishing the target animal and your pin against the edge of the the housing basically at the end so i could see the big advantage to that yeah exactly what what else moving on did you uh find yourself really leaning towards during last season for
19: other new gear sitka came out with the intercept which replaced the uh apex pant i like the apex in the past but it, i've got several pair of them and they've got homemade stitch jobs where i sewn them back up together from getting caught on just about anything they're, they were pretty delicate they they were soft and they were a good mid-weight pant you know after september he's halfway through and there's different temperature ranges you know for the pants and I, the intercept pant to me is like the perfect middle range pant um and i even wore it uh, i think i killed my bull in nevada this year in early september so you can wear them in, in super hot temperatures but they also cover you you're probably into the low 40s you know before you want to get to something like for me would be the storm front but they're super quiet they're super comfortable. They've got uh, the hip vents now, uh, which for whatever reason, patents or whatever, uh, everybody's coming out with them now finally. And you can really dump a lot of heat with those on the sides if you need to. And yeah, they're they're flexible, they're quiet, they're durable. I don't have a single rip in mine, and I wore the heck out of them this year.
18: So
2: pretty much the perfect archery season pant.
19: Yeah, if you're starting in August, maybe not. You know, like I still wore the, the Sika Ascent for the late August, mid-August, but then I, I wore those a little bit. But, I mean, they are a little bit warmer, but if you're bouncing around off triple digit, these are a good midweight that has more flexibility in, in the lower range than maybe the, the mid-weight pant that I was using before.
2: i been interested to check them out. I think currently in the Sika lineup, they're pretty much the only pant with zip.
19: I think the, the Evo pant also has them. I think moving forward, I think you'll see more of my hope we we'll see more of them. I don't have any inside information on that. I'm just hoping.
2: I love a hip zip. Yeah, they make a great improvement to a pant. Just the versatility. You can wear like these uh, Interceptor pants. They're a little heavier weight, but when you open that vent up, you can really dump some heat there early season. Yep. Any anything else you want to mention you
19: know there's a couple of things that I've been I've been using for a while that I've, they're not new but I probably appreciate them more I've listened to people complain about how they deal with contacts uh, on, on backpack hunts and probably almost a decade ago and I wear glasses and contacts I went to my optometrist and I just explained to him what I do and you know living out of a truck or a tent for months straight and not wanting to have to deal with dirty hands and contacts and they make contacts that you can leave in for a month and just throw them out. And, you know, minus having maybe use drops once in a while if your eyes get dry in the morning. They save me so much time and I just keep an extra set in my hospitals pouch in my backpack and I don't ever have to worry about my contacts, taking them out at night or taking them out in the morning. And I'm not a fan of shooting my bow with my glasses on. So that's a no go. So something that if somebody's struggling with that out there, man, talk to your eye doctor about getting monthly disposable uh, lenses and, and you can't feel them. They're, they're super thin. I don't ever wake up thinking, oh my gosh, my eyes feel terrible. The other one is uh the last couple of years I've actually been doing a lot more base camp hunting uh, where I have a, I'm out in the middle of nowhere I don't have power don't have you know the means to charge everything back up and I picked up a goal zero battery pack I think it's their 500 or, or something like that but and that thing works great it's fine but the real lifesaver to it is the uh, the solar panels and I really didn't expect it to work as good as it does and I can I think it's their nomad fit and I don't have any affiliation with them I'm not trying to push up and I, I paid full price for these things and I I can recharge that whole battery pack in like one afternoon. And then I can charge my phone and all my batteries for my camera and all my electronic multiple times. You know, I could probably go a week. Uh, it saves me a lot of running around and uh, or running the truck to charge stuff up at base camp. So
2: I think that's a pro tip, really. You know, I don't go out past where I need something to be charged up after a week. Usually I bring a battery pack that'll last me my entire trip. But I could see where if you're out a couple weeks and you get out somewhere in that middle of nowhere Nevada, it's a long drive to find some power. Yeah,
19: and filming everything now that I, I've got batteries for everything. It's a whole new hassle, but I've got stuff to charge up every night.
2: All right, Tony, what is your favorite meal or snack? You know, that changes. Uh, I'm on the road for so long
19: that in the beginning, I always make up a bunch of uh, smoked meats on the trigger, like, you know, elk sticks or whatever, uh, jerky. And for a couple weeks, that's my go-to. But I tell you what, after you eat like that every single day, by two three weeks in, I'm, I don't want to see an elk stick for a little while. And I don't like sweets. I'm not really a sweets guy. So boring as this sounds, I'm not even brand specific on this, but just any type of like breakfast, dehydrated, freeze-dried meal, um, whether it be Mountain House or Peak or Alpine, whatever, I like them all i know it's kind of boring but that's kind of my go-to that and the tortilla and the money
2: so like that a scrambled egg mill mm-hmm. on a tortilla yeah yep. a- awesome i shake it up with that now and again too i agree with you you know the longer you're out the the more variety that you need it just it all starts to taste the same after a while yeah sounds good sam all right thanks bye we've caught up with william hansen welcome to the show will how's it going hey pretty good good to be here I'm glad we finally caught up with you. Uh, you want to tell us a little bit about your 2023 season? My 2023 season uh, kind of fell through. We were I was
20: going elk hunting, but last-minute changes canceled that, so I ended up just doing whitetail here in Missouri this year.
2: Yeah, that always sucks when your big plans always fall through, but being able to hunt at home is always a a big deal. And are you still hunting deer? I know the season kind of goes till uh, January 15th or something out there.
20: Yep, I'm still hunting till 15th. I haven't been super successful because I've been fairly choosy this year. My uh, brother-in-law was hunting with me and got a nice white tail, probably 180 or so, but he he got it instead of me. (laughs) (laughs) About 30 yards from me, actually.
2: Yeah. Super happy, but a little disappointed. I get it. That happens to me sometimes when I hunt with my buddy. I got to help him drag it out, but I didn't get, the, I didn't get the horns. <laughs> you have any, uh, favorite gear that stood out for you for 2023? I do. I've been running the Phoenix
20: HMR 65R-T headlamp, and I really like that headlamp. It's a little, little heavier than some other ones. It comes in at, uh, 143 grams or 5.1 ounces with the battery, but it has both the spot and floodlight options, uh, three different settings for each one. The highest spotlight is 1300 lumens and the high, highest uh, floodlight is 400 and drops down to the lowest floodlight is five lumens. So if you need to use it for like a SAR search and rescue type thing, you, you have the lumen power if you need to, or if you are just using it like most of us do for after hours and nighttime stuff around camp, the, the low option gives you a real long battery life and doesn't let everyone know about your whereabouts. Um, been, been real happy with it. Super durable. It's uh, a titanium, titanium casing. Um, you could you can darn near run it over with a truck and it ain't gonna fault on you at all. So it's it's rechargeable? Yes, yes sir, it is rechargeable. I do carry two two batteries. It takes the 18650 lithium ion battery with the I use the 3500 milliamp and carry two of them and i've i've not had to recharge it like during a an elk hunt but it does have the USB C. you can charge it in if you carry a battery pack with you and didn't want to carry
2: an extra battery and does it have i don't know if you mentioned it does it have red or it's just uh, white it doesn't
20: have red no it's just white um i don't really use red all that often and i mean i know I know it's better on animals to not spook them but generally when i'm actually hunting i'm not using the spotlight too much anyway so
2: i don't use a lot of red myself i was just uh curious i know that that a lot of those models that's the difference between the model number one is white and red and one's just white so yeah it sounds like a a pretty great light anything else you found uh during this season that really stood out actually the last two seasons i've been running a a
20: ugq bandit quilt i know a lot of guys don't like the the quilt um i used it elk hunting and i've used it throughout deer season this this year kids actually love it when they go out early morning deer hunting with me because it's light enough for me to carry, and they can wrap up and keep them warm. But it, I got a, the UGQ Bandit, the zero degree. I did get the foot box stuff with an extra ounce of fill, and it, it comes in at 2 pounds, 5.3 ounces, or 1,057 grams. Um, so it's not the, the lightest option I could get, but it's, it's pretty light for the warmth. And compared to other quilts I've used, they, they do seem to take a little more care with the amount of fill they put in it and um, the different options. Also, you you have the ability to customize your order a lot more with them than other quilt companies that I've I've used in the past. I did get you know the, the zipable and the the drawstring for the, the head, neck, a couple other options that were on there. It's basically the fully loaded version. And I'm I'm real happy with it. I toss and turn when I sleep, so I I really don't like the mummy bags. So it's it's a good option. You're a restless sleeper like I am.
2: It sounds pretty awesome. Is this like your one and done quilt? So when it's warmer, you just sleep with it open more, or you got multiple quilts, you you yeah. switch them up, or how's that work?
20: Yeah, it's my one and done. I, I usually just take it no matter how warm or cold it is. Um, I though I, I am probably going to add a warm weather quilt. Probably going to do a synthetic fill for the warmer weather when you know you're potentially going to get rained on more, and, and I can you know use it for a lighter fill. But this one, I it seems to be fine if that's the advantage it's quilts you can vent it a lot easier toss it back if you get too hot just like a blanket
2: that's the thing these things are pretty uh high dollar so the more uses the longer you can extend it i mean the more value you get for the price that you paid so being able to have a one done item you know really you can justify spending Absolutely. a lot more on it
20: yep yeah, yep yeah. that's actually kind of gets to my next uh piece of gear there that the, the Gafaru modus um i did a review on it couple years back i think i use that pack for everything everything short of squirrel hunting or rabbit hunting i i use it for absolutely everything whitetail hunting to elk backpacking whatever i mean it's it's just a super versatile pack. I, lo- I love the layout on it. It is a heavier pack compared to some of the other ones, but I've gotten to the point in, in my hiking hunting career that I don't care nearly as much for weight. I just want what works for me. You know, I'll, I'll try to get lighter gear if possible, but that's not my highest priority. It's super durable. Um, it's not as big as some of the other other packs I've used by Kaparu. I, I used the EMR2. I think that was a little bit bigger, but it's Got plenty of size for just about anything I'm gonna do, and it has the ability to use a like a meat shelf if you need to add some extra space. You can stuff your cold weather gear in between the pack and the frame if you if you wanted to, or you can use it actually for meat. Um, I use that quite a bit for tree stands if i'm if i'm using a tree stand whitetail hunting or if you you know wanted to add a few extra pockets it has all the molly webbing on the outside side pockets are are huge it swallows up my swarovski ats 80 millimeter and has plenty of room to stuff other soft gear around it if i wanted to um just no real complaints with it it's been a real real solid pack
2: when you buy something like a $700 backpack, do need to just have the durability to have it keep working and working for years and years, never have to worry about it. You know, I've used a lot of different backpacks and I really like a Kafaro too. I've never used a Modus, but I do like the, just the modularity of being able to attach a detach, customize to each trip, however you want to do it. Yeah. And I didn't realize until
20: that fact that I, did, I didn't really like detachable lids and Till I got this pack, and it's got the attached lid on it, and it's just way less hassle for me. I like it a lot.
2: Yeah, I ran the Dow this year, which is 8,000 cubic inches, so it's a big boy, and it could add a lid, but it didn't have one, but it had a pocket on the top, so you could roll top the lid and had a pocket on there, and I like that a lot better than the lid. So but that's neither here nor there. You have anything else that stood
20: out for you? Other than uh, the first light set that I've been using for the last two, three years now for whitetail hunting. Uh, what is it? The sol- solitude, I think it is. That's pretty outstanding for cold weather. It's the warmest set of cold weather gear I've, I've used and it's just super comfortable. Lots of little features that you don't see with a lot of other companies like the, you got the pass through for your hands for um, your, your side pocket so you can stuff them in your bib and, and keep them warm in there which, which is great once it gets real cold. The way the zipper on the bibs are set up, they fasten real nice and they don't catch on everything. Um, have had that problem with a lot of other bibs that I've had. It, it's just a real nice set all around. And I've never had a set that warm, not for the weight anyway.
2: And it's nice that they designed it for late season whitetail hunting. So it's uh, very application specific. They just really dug into it and decided what features are most important to whitetail hunters in the late season. Yep, yeah. I guess closing out, do you have a favorite meal
20: or snack? Probably my favorite, like, backcountry meals anyway. A little foil chicken pack, packets with just the Idaho and instant potatoes, the three cheese or the loaded instant, instant potatoes always seems to hit the spot real good back there. Either that or I'll do the just stove top stuff in with the chicken packets. But I try to go real simple. I used to go with the Mountain House or a few of the other ones and I just got kind of tired of them and they kind of back you up back there if you if you're not careful. So I just went
2: simple and cheap lately. That seems to work just fine for me. A lot of people are returning to kind of do it yourself like you did. And yeah, I think you get a lot more flavor opening that chicken bag rather than you just add water and hoping that it tastes like chicken when you're done. Right. Right.
20: I, I don't have hardly any appetite once I get at altitude. So I, I got to take what I'm going to eat out there, whether it's weighs more or is easier. Or can't skimp on, on weight to suffer on my,
2: my nutrition. Yeah, it doesn't do you any good to carry it around if you're not going to eat it, that's for sure. Yep, too many times I've
20: packed a lot of food out.
2: <laughs> I appreciate you coming on the show. All right, So sound- Finally, I've caught up with Travis Bertrand. He's going to give us a little rundown of his 2023 season and walk us through his favorite gear. Welcome to the show, Travis. Hey, Sam. How are you? Man, I've been pretty good. Pretty good. How was your season? Uh, Terrible. Couldn't get
21: a tag. Usually I have at least one or two deer tags. I didn't even have a deer tag this year. The only hunt that we went on, my son, who just turned 12, went up to Wyoming with him and my, my dad. And all three of us killed antelope. But other than that, it's been a quiet
2: season. So it is what it is. Yeah, nothing better than three generations making memories, though.
21: Yeah, you know, what, it was super cool, and my son killed the biggest antelope, and yeah, it was it was an awesome trip, so that was good. But, you know, my passion is mule deer, and I would love to chase mule deer someplace, but, you know, I couldn't pick up a tag anywhere.
2: Did you find any uh, favorite gear for 2023? My favorite gear, first, first place is
21: the Vortex Mini Laser? It's a thirteen by thirty-nine little spotting scope that came out with this year. antelope hunting, you know, a lot of truck time, you know, windshield time. And I had my big ninety-five BTX with me and but I'll tell you what man, that uh Vortex came out more often than not. It was just so easy. Yeah, I love that thing. Super lightweight, sub two pounds with the neoprene case. Stows, you know, into nothing. So it's super tiny, and it's you should read my review if you haven't. But the uh, thing is pretty dang impressive for the money.
2: Yeah, and I talked about this with Robbie on one of his picks too. But I mean, just the real estate that these little compact scopes take up is about nothing. They're so easy to put in your pack, and when you're out there in day mode, you don't even notice it's in there. Yeah, no, no,
21: it's super tiny. It's cool. It's that thing is gonna like live in my pack. Doesn't matter what I'm chasing, whether I'm
2: chasing it. Sounds amazing. If people want to check more out, they can uh, read your review. I'll have it linked up. Anything else uh, really cool. stuck out for you in 2023? So I
21: changed my digiscoping system this year. I went through MagView, and then I finally landed on Olin. Let me tell you, Olin, this thing is so easy to use. It takes amazing photos. It lines up every single time. I'm in love with this Olin system. I got it for uh, the BTX and also, um, you know, ATX system. So, man, it's I love it. That's one of the biggest changes I made this year um, as far as happiness, you know, upgrade from what I had. Yeah, highly suggest Olin.
2: Do they make an eyepiece adapter for your Vortex?
21: Uh, they do. I haven't got one yet, but that is going to be happening here shortly.
2: You got uh, my interest peaked in this thing. I'm always looking for the next better mousetrap. I'm going to check it out um, next time I'm at the expo. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, it's really cool, too, because it's, you know, if
21: you guys have used one in Magview, it's similar as far as, you know, it's a magnet system. But Olin puts magnets. I don't know how they do it, but it lines up, you know perfectly you know 90 degrees or you know however your phone orientation is that you want um but it lines up perfectly every single time just snaps on this beautiful system
2: lightning quick nothing better than that yep anything else you uh noticed during the 2023 season um, I got a couple honorable mentions. Both of them are tripods. One's
21: the, uh, I, mean, I can't think of the name, but the new shooting tripod by Vortex. It's a lightweight guy. And when I say lightweight for a shooting tripod, it's pretty light and small. Used that this year quite a bit. Glassing and shooting off of in competitions and hunting in Wyoming. Uh, that thing's pretty awesome for the size and weight. Yeah, so that's an honorable mention and then the second one as i'm reviewing should be out here shortly uh vanguard endeavor series tripods and i'm giving them an honorable mention um because it's not the best tripod for me i do a lot of tripod shooting but for the money this thing is pretty stinking awesome and it has a big gun clamp on it um so you can pretty much shoot any rifle my dad you know he's He's more old school, has the old wood stock. Uh, what's he shooting 257 Weatherby or something? But yeah, he he fell in love with that thing, big gun clamp. And you know, he shot his antelope with off a tripod, which was cool. He's never done that before, but so I think that this tripod is an awesome investment. It's like for a shooting tripod, they're half the cost of you know a high end one, and you get a pretty decent setup. But what's cool about it is that gun mount, which I'm not a fan of, but if you have a, if you want to learn to start shooting off a tripod, it's awesome system, and you can always take the gun mount off and put a Arca clamp on. Um, so it kind of will evolve with you with your tripod shooting. So uh, I would recommend that to people to that are interested in starting to shoot off tripods.
2: If you haven't done it, I think you make a great point, Travis, the clamp you can put on your regular rifle stock. You don't need any other adjustments. And then when you find out how truly innovative um, that extra stability is when you're shooting, you can change it up if you want to put an Arca Swiss plate on your rifle and adjust the head on uh, this Vanguard to fit that system also.
21: Yep, absolutely. It's it's pretty cool. It's a very good system for somebody seeing what all the hype is about with tripods.
2: All right, buddy. I look forward to reading your review. You want to close out with your favorite Miller snack? Ooh, um, I don't do any of the packing on that. My wife does.
21: Pretty much all we eat is snacks when we're backpacking. And my favorite snack is a perfect bar. I think that's what it's called. It's like peanut butter, little chocolate chips. I don't know. They're pretty dang tasty. But with that said, I know I don't get enough calories, especially backpack hunting, because all we do is just eat snacks like that. So, But that's my favorite.
2: And and that's a meal bar or like a regular, like a candy bar or what? No, nah, it's like a
21: meal replacement bar. Yeah, I think main ingredient's peanuts, though, if you're allergic to peanuts. So sorry, Charlie.
2: Sounds pretty tasty. I'm always looking for a meal bar that you can actually uh, eat more than once. So I'm going to try it out. Yeah, what's cool about them, too, is like we eat them you
21: know, all the time. Uh, they got to be kept in the fridge if you're not going to eat them within like a week or something. So I forget what the time is. It's like a couple days. Like if you're not going to eat them, they should be refrigerated. So it kind of tells you it has good ingredients. So we try to eat pretty healthy. So my wife's always looking for the best snacks that way.
2: All right, buddy. I appreciate you making a little time for us, Uh, laying out your favorite gear. We'll be following you along through 2024. Hope you get a few more tags than this year and uh, look forward to seeing what gear you're going to review.
21: Yeah, me too. Um, Thank you, Sam, for all that you do on this podcast and the information you're sharing. So we, we really appreciate
2: it. All right, we've finally caught up with Ryan Avery. He's had an extremely busy 2023 season. A lot going on there. Uh, welcome to the show, Ryan. Thanks for having me, Sam. How's your 2023 been? A lot of time in the field. I can't say it was productive. I, I
22: mean, spending time in the field is always productive, but I can't say I actually shot a lot of animals. But I saw a lot of animals, and if you follow along on the Shoot to Hunt podcast at all, that Jake calls me an animal watcher and sometimes I think that's true. I spent about 2 months in the field this fall and I shot one animal. So, it's days in the field is percentage I suck but I enjoyed every day.
2: Yeah, I like to get out there sometimes too and then I kill something and then I'm like, "What did I do to myself?"
22: Every time. Every
2: time. So, with all that time in the field, did you have some gear that you really found you liked? I do.
22: And I, if I bring something back to the party, it's like, is it that good? And this year I don't have anything from the previous years, which is good, nothing revolutionary, but I think I found two things that, that I feel are different and make me not necessarily a better hunter, but they make me a better, a more equipped hunter in the field. Are we jumping into my, my list?
2: That's right. We'll just jump
22: on in. The first thing I told Tanya my list and she was like, oh, that first one is so biased, but it's not. The first one is the God's cartridge. It's the 6UM. So if you don't know what the 6UM, there's a big thread on Rockslide about what it is. I won't go into vast detail about it, but basically it's a 6.5 Psalm, neck down down to 6mm and improved. The only animal I shot this year was an elk at 710 yards. One shot, one kill. It died within 10 seconds. Yep, with a 6mm at 710 yards. You heard that right. It's a cartridge that me... Uh, Unknown Munitions built it for me. Me and Forum on Rock Slide came kind of came up with the cartridge. It's about as powerful of a six millimeter as you can get in a short action. So that's that's what we were looking for.
2: Yeah, and I'll link that thread up. I I watched it a little bit. And I think there's actually quite a few guys now on Rock Slide that have built your good salesman, I guess.
22: Yeah, probably the I would say one of the most well-known person that built one is Kurt Roscoe from Stone Glacier. And uh, he murdered half of Montana with it this year. I'll let him tell his story. But I think he shot seven, animal, eight animals with it. And uh, he was more than tickled. Basically, it just gives you magnum performance at anything. If you want to shoot out to 1,200 yards and in, it gives you magnum performance without the recoil. Put a break boil it down to.
2: I really appreciated all those threads on Rock Slide talking about, you know, how we have went from bigger to smaller. I think that's true. In my mind, anytime you shoot anything that has less recoil, you're going to be more accurate and at the end of the day, that's what it all comes down to, right? It does. And to turn
22: the tables on you, what are you like? Did you start with a bigger caliber and now are you smaller? Or are you still status quo?
2: Uh, pretty status quo. I, I had a 30 out six since I was a kid and I went to a 280. So it's basically the same. But I did shoot a, an antelope at 700 yards with my 30 out six and I didn't get too much expansion. So I thought maybe the 280 would be a little bit more. But you know, when you go down that rabbit hole and you learn more about bullets and how it works and all of that stuff. I don't know. I mean, 280, I probably wouldn't do it again. I'm just kind of a one rifle guy. So,
22: gotcha. Better ballistics from a six to a 280,
2: though. Yeah, it is. uh, I braked it and you can really see your impacts. You know, I I wanted to stretch it out a little bit more. So, I built a gun that would do it for me. And then, so I got so much wrapped up in this Remington 700. I don't, I'm embarrassed to go to something else. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Fair (laughs) enough. All right, moving on. What did you uh, find during last year that you really liked? Number two, I didn't find it last year, but I
22: used it so much. People think this is crazy, but this year I didn't take a lighter to the field one time. And if you go back and you, you're on Rock Slider, you're listening to the podcast at all, I fell into the cellway like three years ago, maybe four years ago. And it's the first time I ever thought that I may freaking meet my maker because I couldn't get a fire started for like 10 minutes and it was like negative five, negative six. I was going to do a actual thread kind of review video on Flight about fire starters, but one was so vastly better than all the rest. I just said, screw it. I just bought that one. But it's the Lightning Strike Fire Starter. I don't know if you're familiar with it at all, Sam, but it is the easiest fire starter on the market. And it's, it's a flint and steel, but it's a dummy proof flint and steel that carries its own tinder. So another self-serving but when now we sell them on rock slide by the time this airs you will be able to buy them on rock slide not i'm not this isn't a sales pitch every hunter should own this because you can start a fire whether it's soaking wet or not and whether your hands are you know pre, you know the colder your hands get you know you lose that fine motor skill this thing is dummy proof i think you've seen this is it right here oh yeah it looks like a little mag light it does, and it it's just holds you if you go online and look at it. it Holds a tinder in the back, but it has a dummy-proof little slide. This little piece pops out, and you can fly it in it. It throws the biggest spark I've ever seen from a flint and steel. So the lightning strike fire starter would be number two. Everybody should own one, and you should go to Rockslide to buy it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: You know, I had uh, Jeff Lund on from Southeast Alaska last Tipsy Tuesday. But anyways, I was talking to him about it's something I don't think about when I'm in Utah, right? Like a big lighter, I can burn the whole damn state down over here, even in the middle of winter. So you get over there in the Pacific Northwest, that North Idaho area you guys hunt where nothing's dry and whatnot. Yeah, you could get yourself in a in a bind in a real hurry.
22: It's funny you say that because I talked to, you know, back in the day, like Aaron would come up from Colorado and uh, he'd be like, holy moly. You know, he's from an area in in Oregon that's very wet, but you've been up here hunting where we, I do probably 70% of my hunting. Even on hot days, when you wake up in the morning, everything's damp. It's just how it is, whether it's summer, winter, it's just always wet. And I think that some people are surprised when they go to a place that's kind of more humid.
2: Well, and I think we talked about this. When you get a fire started, it doesn't really burn. It's not, you know, it just kind of smokes. You gotta really yeah. baby it for a while and, and you gotta be able to to work it and, and have it just kind of build it slow. And I think we take that for granted.
22: Yeah, I agree. Cause you go down like even in southern Idaho, it's just dry. Dry, dry as a popcorn fart, man. You can literally rub two sticks together and use it, you'll be okay. Yeah, that's how I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Number three, and this is, well, Tanya will talk about these later, but it's the Vivo Barefoot Forest Tracker. I've always been into zero drop with ultras and I tried those out this year and I basically started wearing, I bought two pairs. I started wearing them training hikes in July-ish, I think, maybe August to get my feet built up to it. Like I said, I wore zero drop shoes before, so my feet were pretty strong and man, I am hooked now. There is nothing more comfortable than the zero drop, than a zero drop shoe in the woods.
2: I tried them before and, I, you know, they didn't work for me because you don't just magically appear in them. you got to work your way into them. Yeah. No. I, I think I just didn't commit. I think it's like anything new when somebody hands it to you and they're like, this is awesome. And you try it for five minutes and you're like, this sucks. What do you even talk about? And you never try it again. Then every time after that, you never open your mind enough to try it. You know, you don't understand it.
22: Yeah. We have a guy that works with this at, or at shoot to hunt. And well, he does stuff for you too. Luke, the video dude. And uh, he tried it. And all it did him is gave him the worst case of uh, plantar fasciitis that he's ever had. Because <laughs> he had a little bitch feet. <laughs> but mine, I got like Barney feet in the military, you know, rucking in the infantry. I never really had any problems. So I knew it probably wouldn't be a problem. Plus, I'd used the ultras for the last three to four years. So... It's a big jump if you haven't used zero drop. I highly suggest that you uh, do a lot of training hikes before you jump to a zero drop to go hunting And
2: You know, I used to wear a lot of logger boots at work. I got to wear steel toes. And I went to a uh, really reduced hill. We still have to have a hill at work. But I found, you know, as I get older and, and my arch starts to drop, that the flatter I get, the more comfortable my, my boot is. And I really like a less hill. So maybe it's time to go back and try it a oh. little bit yeah try with some
22: ultras first they're kind of a cushiony version and they're they're easy on people's feet these are these are very vivo barefoot they don't have any padding you basically are walking on the ground
2: well i'll probably wait and see what tanya has to say about it <laughs> 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 what what else you got there buddy
22: anything else Ah, I had a bunch of honorable mentions, but uh, waste your time. The one thing I wanted to talk about and probably take the majority of my time left is it's not a con. It's just I my body does not work with this these new fangled active insulation pieces. The ambient jacket from Sitka and the arrowhead piece from Sitka, I tried them out the best I could. And I was either too hot or too cold. And I don't know if I'm just too fluffy for them to walk around in, but I was never, they were never comfortable to me. And you read those threads and it's like, do a lot of people just buy into it hook, line and sinker and they haven't tried it out? Or are all those people raving about it actually using the product? The question's out there, I guess, Sam, because I tried them both and neither one worked for me. So it's that newfangled active insulation.
2: Yeah. I looked at that. It looked like a sweatshirt and I was like, I don't get this sweatshirt thing. But then I was like, yeah, Mike Moore probably just grinds harder than I do. I'm going to Wear a <laughs> few more coats and and do a little ex- less exercise. That's my goal.
22: Yeah. So you haven't used them at all either. No. Yeah. I tr- I did my due diligence. Probably sixty days of trying it out over the summer and into hunting season. I was either cold or hot. So I just went back to my traditional layering system. Yeah,
2: I'm a creature of habit myself. And one of the things, these jackets are pretty expensive, so they're hard to test out. So you get there. And like I said, I picked it up and I was like, man, this thing, I could see where eight ounces sounds awesome. But then I touch it and I'm like, man, my regular t-shirt's like heavier than this thing.
22: Yeah. I also wonder if it's, like I said, I'm not exactly a set of car keys. It seems to be the skinny, lanky dudes that love them. And then the guys that have a little more insulation, a little more muscle. (laughs) used you know, generally. They I get hot easy. So if I was getting chilly and it, it's just weird to me how it worked because I usually don't get cold. I actually got cold in that jacket. So obviously it's working at some level. It's just not built for my body shape or my body size, I guess.
2: One of the things I do when I, I start to work too hard, I slow down and maybe I'm moving too fast in the woods. That's what I tell myself as I go slower. So <laughs>
22: You know, there's a lot, there's several pictures of me and I don't know what it is about me and Robbie coming together to own a business because a lot of times I'll just have no shirt on and I'll just put all of my shit on over no shirt because then hike in so I don't sweat too much. So that's me also. So maybe that's why it doesn't work.
2: Like I said, I think the Pacific Northwest is its own little animal. When you don't live up there and you don't understand it, a lot of things that might work somewhere else don't do as well up there.
22: Yeah. I think it's, there's all these little microclimates and you got to figure out what works in each one and they don't all cross over.
2: Yeah, I think that's one of the great things about me. I, I like to just hunt different places. You know, I think a lot of people like to trophy hunt. I like to just visit new new places with a purpose, right? Like, I'm pretty lazy, so I don't like to climb up the hill, but I like to see what's on the other side. So you got to have a reason to take a little peek on the other side there.
22: I totally agree.
2: But yeah, that's all I really had. All right. Well, I appreciate taking some time out. I appreciate it, Sam. All right. Let's move on to the boss. <laughs> that's true.
23: <laughs> that's funny. How you doing, Sam?
2: I'm good. We have uh, Tanya Avery. She's here to tell us some of her favorites.
23: I'm pretty boring, actually. I feel like because our gear options, not gear so much as clothing, are limited in the female population, once I find something I like, I have a hard time branching out. And also because I don't go on as many hunts as Ryan, I don't really want a chance trying something new on one of them. But every once in a while, he'll finding something he likes and then I'll try the female version of it and like it. So, um I can't recall, he'll have to help me because my memory is a little fuzzy. Um for my first pick, I picked the First Light Chamberlain jacket. I feel like I've used this on a hunt before, but not recently. So I just used it when we went deer hunting this year and it was like 23 degrees I think as we were sitting glassing. I did have multiple layers on, which is no secret to anybody that's ever paid attention to anything that I've posted. I usually wear about 4 to 6 layers. <laughs> so, anyway, but 23 degrees is very very cold for me. So, I really like that jacket. I think it fits well and it keeps me pretty warm.
2: Yeah, and you tried a bunch of different puffies before you landed on the Chamberlain and I th- I think a couple years ago.
23: Yeah, I have um the Mountain Hardware that is is my go-to just because it's like a packable puffy, but I will wear it like as a mid-layer sometimes because it's very fitted and if it's super, super cold, I I can wear that like as a mid-layer and I, I'll i use it so I take it with me all the time. But um, I'd have to say for my outer jackets, I'll either go with the Chamberlain or the uh, Lost Park Parka, which I, I do definitely like too. I, I feel like if the terrain is a little bit rougher with like a lot of branches, if we're going through a lot of, I don't know, branchy Thick crap. Then I'll put on the um Lost Park parka just because it has it won't. You don't want to rip it. Yeah, it, it,
2: I don't. Yeah, you don't want to rip your Chamberlain.
23: It has Kedora like on that front chest and arms. It's pretty durable and it it's very warm too. So yeah, it kind of just depends on where we're going with what I'll choose. But those probably are the two of my mainstays. I would say.
2: All right, so that's one of the warmest jackets that you've worn is, yeah. is
23: that kind of why it was your go to I would definitely say so from um I mean as far as like more of a packable puffy type jacket um in Nebraska when we were hunting with Jordan a couple years ago I used like a, a whitetail kind of tree stand ensemble that I can't recall the name but but it had like matching bibs and stuff and that was extremely warm but it was super heavy and definitely not packable so it's not something I would normally be able to wear like if we were backpack hunting yeah as far as like being able to pack in all your gear definitely um the lost park parka or the chamberlain light i feel like is even more packable
2: all right i value your opinion when you're talking about being cold so i'm definitely going to notate that uh what else did you find going throughout the season
22: if she says she stays warm in it it's warm.
23: I, I don't know why I get so cold. I'm cold-hearted, I guess. So that's just how it is. Um. So my second thing is the Hoffman pack boots. Now, these are very heavy because they're like two layers of felt insulation, and they are extremely heavy, packed in like, I don't know, maybe a mile. And it was uphill, but I was definitely ready to be done with it. When it was like, yeah, it's like you feel like you're like beater in concrete, but it keeps them warm. So I guess if you're like going to be In a situation where you don't have to hike super far, maybe a mile or less, and then you are going to be sitting glassing for a long period of time and it's very, very cold, I would definitely recommend those.
2: Hoffman pack boots. Yeah. I tried them on a, a few times at the expo while I was there and yeah, they got some impressive craftsmanship. If you guys haven't seen their boots there, you should def check them out at a show or if you're anywhere near North Idaho, I think they have two showroom locations. They might only have one, but.
23: Yeah, they were great. They have, they have one in Kellogg, which is where we actually stopped on the way home from a hunt. Cause I think Ryan was so tired of listening to me complain and whine about my feet being cold. And was it after my hunt with Probably. Robbie. Yeah. So my after my hunt with Robbie, um, having to lay prone, like after hip surgery to shoot this deer for like an hour. I don't know. It could have been longer. I was like hostile, angry, like um, honey badger. And so Ryan stopped on the way home and he's like, We're finding a solution to this. So they were great. They swapped out, you know, different felts and they must have worked with us at least 45 minutes, I think, and got us the right fit. And they've been great. I wish. I could have something with that kind of warmth and less weight. That'd be ideal. But so far, I haven't found that.
2: I do make creatures that live in warmer places. I'm just going to throw that out here for you.
23: I understand. And I agree. And um, that's been on the table a few times. We're in negotiations about something like that. Yeah.
2: Nice. I told my wife I wanted to go to Hawaii and shoot a, uh, one of those feral goats on the volcano. And she told me that we weren't going to Hawaii uh-huh. to go hunting. And I told her then we're not going to Hawaii. So we haven't been yet. But we're thinking about it. We're thinking about it. So,
23: <laughs> Yeah, what you need to do is just get a hold of me because, you know, as my side hobby job, I'm a travel agent. I could set you guys up with a real great combination, hunt slash getaway that I'm sure both of you guys would love.
2: I'm pretty easy. I, I like a good day on the beach, but I don't think I could go there without shooting a, a little goat on the volcano. That's That's Hawaii to me.
23: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about that hunt before and it does look pretty fun. And and we did, I said, X is dear with what we've looked at before. And I'm like, I, I there's no reason that you can't do both. You just have to add a couple days to the vacation. So, you know, it's all about compromise, right?
2: That's I'm number one at compromise in, in marriage for sure. Ask my wife.
23: Yeah. It sounds like it since you guys haven't been to Hawaii yet.
2: <laughs> and anything else that stood out for you this season?
23: I'd have to say the newest piece that I've tried out is the um Stone Glacier Puffy Pants, the um Grummins. I always pronounce that incorrectly, Grummins. And I um made a little smart ass video on our on my elk hunt. I believe it was this year, right?
6: Yeah.
23: It feels like it's the last year, but it was this year, where Montana that hates me decided to dump like a foot of snow in one day on us so um i had those pants on and they were great i for some reason i don't know why i kept putting them on backwards but (laughs) really either way they worked out fine (laughs) so yeah they're they're like those are the best to glass and i feel like you know it's like a lot of things can work when you're like hiking and you're getting warm and you're you know like self-regulating that way but like when you're just sitting there in the cold stationary it that's to me when the pieces like will either shine or fail is when you're just exposed to everything and things like will keep that heat in and they have a vest, too, so does the vest have the same name, Ryan? The yeah, yeah. so I had that Emma Hunt wore the vest and the pants, and i I liked them both definitely. That's their down setup, yeah.
22: It's not critical if you wear the grum and down pants backwards. If you're a woman, it's very critical if you're a guy. Just saying.
23: Well, then you just know how the woman feels. If you like want to like really try to figure out if your partner is whining unnecessarily about having to strip down to their ankles to pee, just go ahead and throw those on backwards a few times in the cold, and then you'll you'll see maybe maybe there's something to that argument.
2: Yeah, I'm probably not going to try it, but.
23: Oh come on, Sam. <laughs>
2: All right. Anything else you want to close out? Any gear fails?
23: Yeah. My con is those Vivo Barefoot Tracker Forest ESC shoes that Ryan has. Not because I've ever tried them, but because he wears them and they are so ugly. I I don't even know. Like he looks like a troll that lives under a bridge in them. Like they're so hideous. And I just think, can't anything else possibly work just as good not be that ugly?
2: (laughs) Maybe you should paint them gold or something.
23: No, it's like the style, like it has like an embroidered spot where your big toe is for no apparent reason. Like, it's just so bizarre. Like the design style is is very odd looking. I'm not
22: going to lie. It does look like you voted <laughs> for Biden when you wear these shoes. So, yeah. But they are so damn comfortable. So your vote back to the Crocs.
23: Yeah. And I don't even like Crocs. <laughs> I usually buy Ryan's Crocs, as a lot of people know when I'm in Disney. Um, Yeah, it's always like a little challenge for me to find like the craziest pair I can possibly find for him when I'm there. But um, I do have to say I have an honorable mention that I I forgot about. And I know you didn't really want honorable mentions, but I really feel like I have to throw my weight behind this one. The 6 sight clothing. I don't know what's going on with the company, but I have to say it's like the best gear, and I'm so bummed that they're not like more mainstay. Because like from their pants to the waffle top, mid layers and base layers, they like all of their stuff is extremely comfortable, and they don't even make a women's line; it's men's stuff. But um, yeah, their waffle top I used this season, and I was reminded how much I liked it. I don't even know if people can buy it anymore or what the status of that is, but um, I wish they would be more popular are successful in whatever their endeavors are so that they could produce more stuff.
2: I think they're restructuring, so hopefully they'll uh, come out of this and bound back a little bit. I think the clothing market is just, it's really a hard niche right now Yeah, with so many options, so many great options too, in all price points. Yeah. Sure.
22: Tanya has a lot of options actually for clothing and she wears their offshell pants and that waffle top the most, which I find interesting.
23: The only thing I wish I would have, um, the pants are definitely like, they're not as straight of a fit as most men's pants are, but I wish I could find another pair in a smaller size. I, I feel like I bought them a little large because I thought I'd be layering them, but uh, then I, I think I bought them a little too large and I hate wearing stuff with belts. So yeah, if I could snag another pair in a smaller size, I definitely would do that in a heartbeat.
2: All right. I appreciate your insight and uh, we'll look forward to seeing what you guys got going on for 2024. I'm sure we'll be following up and uh, we'll catch out to you guys later. Anything else you want to close with?
23: I don't think so, Ryan. No, I think we made a short story long enough. Mm -hmm. (sighs) We're good at that.
2: Thanks everyone that listened until the end. If you want to do a review for Rockslide, all you have to do is submit your idea for an article in a half page query. If you don't know what a query is, it's okay to Google how to write an article query. Email your query to Robbie at Rockslide. For more details, check the link or it's on rockslide.com and it's a sticky in the journal forum. Until next time, this has been Sam Weaver.